the team, the boys up here top, getting money. The boys in the bad, so you know, I went everywhere. I used to go to the boys' club, you know. I, I played the hilltop, stayed with my cousin T under his wing all the time. My first little girlfriend was up there, so I stayed up there night and day, like I lived the hilltop. You know what I mean? Oh man, so so like uh, like other than running around, was there things like you kind of got into that kind of benefit you later on besides establishing those connections? So you know, like you run around a lot, but what early influences did you have growing up? Well, it was all street dudes, and that was one of part of my downfall. You know what I mean? Like, I would go up to Mallory's and watch the Armstrongs. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like to do that, but they was guys who worked the camp. Mr. Armstrong worked the camp. You did so. You had a lot of players up there. You know what I mean? And I got a lot of game from them, and they had me running to the store down to the IGA. That's how I started getting money. You know, and I go down there, get them. They tell me, uh, go down there and get you. Give me this, give me that, and I bring back their change. All the cats was out there hustling, the older cats gambling. So I run down the street, get what they want, bring it back. That's how I started getting my little money. I keep the change from them. From them, they tell me to keep the change, you know. And uh, from there, it was influenced from them, from guys running numbers, you know, because we had Buzz Norman, we had Tony Green. Buzz Norman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. His, his, his nephews was, you know, Tony and Mark Green, Tanya and his niece. Is uh, Marzetti's, you know what I mean? So I've been around people that I've seen, you know, getting money. You know, I, and I went to Walgreman, so when we used to pull up to Walgreman, yeah. there would be so many nice cars pulling up, dropping the kids off. You know what I mean? So yeah. I got to see that, and we didn't have nothing. You know what I'm saying? We didn't <laughs> have nothing, because I didn't meet my daddy until I was in the fourth or the fifth grade. Well, um, you know, like, I, like, I, I kind of want to get into that as well. So, like, what was it like growing up with, like, your parents? So, like, was it mom's? Like my basically, mom, my mom and my grandma, two two of the strongest women that uh I've ever met in my life. Not just because they was my mama, it's just what I witnessed them go through. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, that's why I love women so much. That's why I became a player. You know I mean? <laughs> so nah, smooth, you smooth man, you smooth man. They were they were strong women, and they they put a lot of principles in me, but they also pushed me around. Men, which you don't see a lot in this new generation because a lot of these young men are being raised by women with no male influence. So they're picking up a lot of women characteristics. They're picking up a lot of emotional shit, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. Right. But you still need some guidance from males. So it was a lot of dudes in the streets, whether they was athletes or whatever. They influenced me. Mike Worthy, Steve Cole, uh, uh, Jose Briggins uh, out in Jefferson Township. You know, the people that took me under their wing and, 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 and raised me, Stoney, uh, Chuck Stargell, the white Stargell. Stargell, you know, family. Yeah. You know, Legendary family. Real, real live, real cats that I look up to to this day and honor, you know. Uh, Mike Worthy, that's my man. You know, him and Charles Kellen, that's how the name Kimmo came. No. What? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Break that down because you never broke that down before. Where did the name Ken look come from? Because I looked it up they and it was like, it's it like a Chinese my dude. Me, my, my family called me Cakey. You know what I mean? My uncle, my uncle June gave me the name Keki when I was little. I come downstairs, me and my little cousin Dion, we come in the kitchen for Christmas. Grandmama didn't cook the meal. I don't know no better. I go in there, stick my hand in the cake. She beat my ass. So from that point, <laughs> the name, my family, my uncle, he called me Keki anyway. But my, my, my grandmama, mom and all that, and that's what my name is. Keki was changed to KK. And then when I got to, got to high school, it was already a KK, Kevin Francis. And that was my dude, so I had to change my name. 
So they used to call me Mal Newt. I was 6'1", 156 pounds. I was sticking bones. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike Worthy called me Mal Newt, but my favorite movie was The Greatest American Gigolo. And then at the time, the song was Gigolos Get Lonely Too by the time. You know, y'all young boys. But you know, some of the people that's older out there watching, y'all y'all remember at the time, Morris Day, they ran with Prince. Morris and, Day? Yeah. 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 Come on, go on, man. You know, yeah, you know, y'all got all the y'all got all the, the, the platforms to download music. Y'all, y'all got all the platforms to download music, so y'all can get yourself up to date with the old school out there. You know what I'm saying? You know, but uh, uh, Stoney started calling me Gigolo Jack, and it was a dude named Lou Jack on the stories that my grandma used to watch. So I used to watch that, that Lou Jack, and Stoney just called me one day Gigolo Jack, and then it went from Kinlo to Gigolo. Gigolo. Kinlo, this man, bro. <laughs> just checking in with you, King, bro. So, uh, uh, about what what year is this? When what like what's the time frame? Right? Oh, this 84, is... 85. You know, this all through my high school years. Yeah, you know, 80, really eighty two. Mike came out of eighty two. You know, some other yeah. two dudes took took me under my wing. Daryl Perkins and Lamar Ellis. They died in a, in a, in a, in a, in a swimming so, accident, but they they used me as their little punching bag because I was a little kid. I was young. You know, I was eight, ninth grade, eighth grade. You know, and them cats was man. They was like they was the dogs at Dumbo. You know bro, I mean? before so so, like even when you was younger, bro, did you have a creative side? Like, did you you did you like art? Did you no. like design no. and shit? Listen, was, Any of that? It was, four. it was thirteen of us in one house on Rebel. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It was thirteen of us in one house on Rebel, and I just knew I wanted better than what I had because we didn't have shit. You know what I'm saying? Though we had a house, we didn't live in Hilltop, we didn't live whatever. But back then, you never know, because people was living in Hilltop, and the Bass had just as much money as people living in nice homes. You know what I'm saying? Right, it was right. a different, different era back then. <laughs> so no, I didn't have no creativity. I just knew I wanted something different. I didn't want to share clothes with my brother. I, I'd see my uncle's name still in my mama's car, siphoning gas. I just didn't want that shit. So I knew I wanted to go to college. And the, and the two reasons that I chose to go to college. Wait, 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 wait. In my family that went to college. You know, yeah. everybody else was talking yeah. about going to get a job at GM, going to the Air Force, because you're talking about this, the 80s. You know what I'm saying? I come out of high school, 83, 84. So this area, they tell you, your parents are telling you, you go get a job. So you go to GM, you had all the plants, McCall, GM, you had Reynolds and Reynolds, you had NCR, you had a lot of working options without going to college. They didn't require you to have education. But I watched my cousin J.D. Grisby. He went to uh, UD. Uh, he went to UD, so I watched him go to college. But my cousin Roy Dale was the real reason that I went. He uh, ended up staying at my grandmama's using the address so he could go to Dunbar. He came yeah. out of high school. I think Roy Dale was 77, 78. So as a kid, I watched him. And then we took him to Indiana State. So he went up there to Indiana State with Larry Bird. I got to see Larry Bird and all them type of people. When I was a kid, watched him. He was on the campus. He had uh, walked on or he got a scholarship for football up there. And I got to see that campus. Once I seen that campus, I'm like, oh, no, I'm cool. I'm going to college. It's yeah. winning up here. It's, 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 I have my own freedom. You know, it's a whole nother life. And I, I really wanted to get away from the stuff we came. Now, I had a decent lifestyle, but we just didn't have nothing. We didn't have what everybody else had. You know what I mean? And then when my Grandmother passed. I had to go to Jefferson Township, and that was a that was a culture shock for me because Jefferson Township was looked at kind of like 
upper echelon. You know what I mean? It was a right. good neighborhood. You know, we had a little house. My mama had a little house, and I hated it. You know what I mean? But you know, I, I had to go there for a year and a half, and it was cool. You know, Is I this this in high school, Kenlo? High school. Yeah. High school. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to walk you all the way through this pimping. We're going to start it off slow. You know? <laughs> yes, sir. I'm going to let you digest it all. Yeah. So that's how we're going to do that. But uh, that's how it was. In high school, I ended up going to Jefferson. It was cool. I got to make the basketball team because the schools converged, Rolf and Dunbar. And uh, though I made the team, I would have never played. I probably would have just carried Stanley Knights, Mike McCray's helmet, and stuff like that. I would have played. I just been on the team that definitely wasn't going to play basketball. But I was able to play or make the teams out there in Jefferson. So it was a cool little experience. And Raynard Grover, C.B. Mitchell, they, them guys took me in. Then there was a lot of transfers that came out there, Carlton Miller, Peanut. So, you know, Jefferson started having some transfers. So it was cool. You know, my high school experience out there was cool. Beautiful women out there in the township, you know. And uh, because I lived in the city, I was able to let these guys come into the city and kick it with Darren Burrs and James Moores and Cantrells and, Roland Jackson's, you know, these were the bad boys at the time. So these cats, they couldn't come around them unless they was with me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. What were some of your early influences on fashion and also business? Because, I mean, you are also well, you a know, fashion. Back, back, back then, Peanut, fashion was driven by New York. We wanted to do everything we seen in New York. You know what I mean? At the time, rap music started coming around. A uh, little bit of videos that you would see, a little bit of clips of the rap. So everybody, because it wasn't no internet, it wasn't no social media. So we all were influenced by New York. And then when you start getting some money, those of them cats who start getting some money, they was influenced by Detroit. But all of it really was influenced by New York. The whole world was influenced by New York. So at the time, we had some fly cats. That, you know, these are my partners. And they end up, you know, they was getting money at 15, 16. Frank Allen, Bo Winkle, Allen DeWitt, Keith DeWitt, you know what I'm saying? Todd Nellums. You had folks starting to get money as kids. We young. My boy Jimmy Boyce, God rest his, rest his uh, soul. That's my partner. Yeah. You know what I mean? uh, th these cats started getting, Jimmy started getting money right after high school. But Frank and them, they said, fuck school. You know, little Allen and them, them niggas was driving Cadillacs, Dookie Rope, cell phones coming in, shutting down concerts. So that's when I really start paying attention to fashion. Fly is my dude right now. That young nigga used to be clean. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Keith Strickland, that nigga used to be clean too. Tony Ruby, Mark Mark, Mark, uh, Mark Novell, Tony Ruby, and then it was Polo niggas. They was all going to Elder Berman. So as I started seeing them put it on, you know, I didn't have no money, but I could put my pieces together. But I really, you know, I dressed decent. You know, and I should have won best dress at my high school. But they, <laughs> you know, they gave me class clown because you know I like to crack jokes and all that. But uh, they gave my partner. I think Raynard won best dress. But you know, I had a girlfriend that was giving me everything that I wanted. Them niggas, I was wearing YSL Pierre Cardin. So she really, really, she married now, so I won't say her name because I don't want her husband to hate me no more. But she kept me so dressed, it was ridiculous. I mean, I had Pierre, Pierre Cardin. Uh, 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 Jordash, I had YSL, I had uh, Sergio Tanishi. She had me in all this, and I was fly. You know what I mean? But you know, I was silly. You know what I mean? So didn't nobody take me serious. And then my daddy, he turned me on to GQ. So I started looking through GQs. Then I started looking through Rob reports. So when it was time to put it on, I put it on. So when I graduated from college, 
I mean, graduated from high school and went to Ohio University. That's where I attended college at. I started dressing a little more, carrying a briefcase. And my partner, Les Lackett, he used to be dressed. This nigga used to carry a briefcase with nothing in it, never going to class, always in detention. But the nigga would be clean with a tie on and a briefcase when I was at Belmont, because I went to Belmont too. And uh, uh, he, he never went to class, but the nigga would be clean. You know, Matthew Money used to be clean. You know, he a preacher now. So he used to be clean, dressing like a preacher then. Always sharp, Stacey Adams. You know, so it was a lot of cats, you know. And then when I got to college, uh, I started meeting my partners from Cleveland. Well, when you when you was in school, bro, in in college, yeah. uh, what did you major in, bro? I majored in uh, management information systems, computers. Okay. You know, nothing, nothing, listen, man, nothing to do with fashion. Because at the time, some of the classes, the courses was offered in college, it wasn't offered. It, that just started coming around as of late. Back then, you wanted to go and do anything with fashion. You had to go to like a fashion school, like a you know, two-year, two-year course. You go to the Art Institute. You go to the School of Fashion Design down in, uh, I think it's in Savannah or Atlanta, SCAD. You know what I mean? It, you, you didn't, they didn't have it offered. Had, had you made any any type of clothing at this point though going into college no and that's why i appear into the story to tell you when i got to college you know it, it it was about getting me some money so at the time uh you know i was trying to figure it out so i uh i was a, i was a ra right i was a ra I, I had work study i cut hair then i threw parties so this is how I transited into t-shirts. I went on the campus one day to get some shirts made because they had an event called the Wine Fest. And this is my freshman year. Now I went to the military too. And I, I went from there and got kicked out. And uh Damn, Kello. Listen, man, my story. <laughs> man, you was a real you're a real dog, bro. Fast forward how you got killed. I went to the military. Wait, 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 wait. So walk through boot camp first. I mean, look, look I promise you. The part of the story you trying to get to, I know exactly where we going. I have you. I'm going to well, make sure we get me, there. Let me but. tell you why I went. I went there so okay. I could pay for college. Okay. So it wasn't the ROTC. Y'all got to excuse my memory. That code would be fucking my memory, but it was a, I can't think of what the damn program is called, but you go there, you go two weeks. Um, oh, months. color guard, color guard. Not the color guard. It was the, uh, yeah, it was the guard. It ain't the <laughs> color guard, but it was the guard. So yeah, yeah. Oh, the National Guard. Guard. The, like the, the reserve, the, the reserve National Guard. type shit. National Guard. Yeah, there okay. you go. Yeah, you go, you go once a month. Yeah, the, the reserves down there. Yeah. My my, my uh, <laughs> ambition to have paper sometimes didn't, didn't let me make wise thoughts. So what happened paper. is I go to the military, and I'm supposed to get in there, and they're going to pay. They paid your tuition. So they only paid your tuition, they, and I think they gave you some money on your books. You had to pay your room and board, and then you go – once a month, and then you go two weeks out of the summer, and you get paid, but they pay for college. So my mama couldn't afford it. You know, and my daddy, you know, he was getting money, but, you know, he, he, he'd break me off. But, I, you know, I was straight, to be honest, mm -hmm. you know, because my daddy had it. So I get in the military, man. I'm running with a dude from Atlanta, nigga named Willie Gibson. And at this time, this in the 80s, right? So you didn't have to have credit cards, right? So I was a scammer for a brief time. So yeah. what happened? What was you, you, hey, <laughs> hey, what was you doing, bro? Look at like that turn we took. I like that turn we took. When you're in the military, there's certain phases once you get out of basic training that you can go off off the yard. You can't yeah. leave, you can't leave the base. 
So what happened, this nigga Willie was a genius. Like we can go in a store and they, they could be like, Mr. Smelly, Mr. Johnson, your credit card number. At that time, you didn't even have to pull out your card. You could just give the people your number. Right. They type it in to the register and it wasn't all that expiration date, all that shit that you gotta do. It wasn't that, you could just give them the number. This nigga used to rememberize the numbers. You see the number, rememberize it. So it started with us taking and charging people to use the phone. So what would happen is we sit at the phone we didn't got these credit card numbers. We let you come to the phone. You pay us a certain amount of money. We let you talk as long as you want. <laughs> yeah. So we running it like that. So then I got more enterprising because I got to go off the yard first. So you had to get to the three phase. And I was stationed there in Denver, Colorado. I went to basic at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, uh, Texas. It's hard, bro. So the reason why I wanted to get out, they, they didn't have guaranteed jobs there. So in the middle of basic training, they switched my job to a cook. So I'm like, I ain't be no motherfucker. <laughs> I, I took the test to be an admin. So them niggas roasted me. So I had to go to basic training in Denver to learn how to cook. So I said, man, my mama gonna kill me, man. She didn't send me to, to this. Go out here and protect the country as a goddamn cook. So, right. so I ain't protecting, protecting America's bellies. <laughs> Listen, man, this shit was terrible. Yeah, I'm thinking you want your cornbread, niggas, man. That shit man, we had a we had a federal prison on the base for military, so them niggas ate there. Now them niggas used to give me the blues. They used to give me the blues. I used to talk shit because you know I was still funny and comedian. I'm cracking jokes, right? So here go the irony of this story. So now we selling phones. Now I'm going out buying liquor. So now because they can't go out and buy liquor, uh, I bring it back on the yard. And I think at right. that time. You only had to be 18. Now, if I ain't mistaken, you only had to be 18 to drink back then. You know, like I said, it's 80, 83, 84, 85, around there. So that's how I started making money. So now I had guaranteed pay. I never cast a check from the military. I just just send it home to my mom and tell her to do what I bought her a car, everything. I was making so much money on the yard. So we selling the phone numbers. Then we selling alcohol, right? Yeah. So we bring it back to alcohol. We going to the liquor store. You know, we on the base, so we getting at the base exchange. We getting liquor cheap. They don't know what it costs. So we might bring back Tangeray and gin, Signals gin back right. then, and roll or whatever. Middle shelf. That shit up because they can't go. We tearing their ass up. <laughs> yeah. And my ass start going to get clothes. Now this how I start looking in the fashion. I seen Fly and Wink and Allen and all them cats. Talk that. And all these niggas with money dressing. So. I uh I said, oh shit, I got something for their ass. So now double belts was in, baggies was in, all this kind of shit. So I go to the Chess King and some of the other stores that they had back then, and I start bringing the clothes back on. We was buying all this shit off stolen credit card. So it, we we wasn't it was, paying for it. It was all all profit. All <laughs> profit. Right? right. So we uh. Listen, man, I, by the time I do my job in the daytime, when I get out of there, for, out that motherfucking kitchen, nigga, I'm tearing, I'm a beeline out of there. I'm coming back with liquor, coming back with clothes. Then we letting folks use the phone. Oh, man, we getting so much money, it's ridiculous. So now, you know, you're only being basic training for so long. So now we done ran this scam up, we done got some money. This is where we fucked up. These two hot niggas from Louisiana, they was about to go overseas, right? So they wanted to use the phone. So them niggas was, we used to call them niggas slept rock. So they sleep on the motherfucking phone talking to their bra. I said, man, it ain't that much talking to your woman. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Man, y'all be on here 
you know. But I didn't know at that time it was just keeping a tab on the woman so she wasn't messing with nobody else. Yeah. See where she was going. You know what I mean? So these two niggas from they was from Louisiana. They was from uh, New Orleans too. So they get on the phone. They talk all day. But before they left, these niggas tore their room up. So when they tore their room up, they shut us down, started expecting to see what happened. So now they arrest these niggas for tearing up government property. They yeah. go back and uh, for some reason, they check their phone records because they was about to leave. And they, they try to see who the last person they talked to, they call it family. So some little girl, whoever they talked to, yeah, I talked to him yesterday. Then the, the person whose car we had was oh. trying to find out who the hell been making all these charges. Right. Oh. So now we got to call everybody we know and tell them that they don't know us. The dude from 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 Atlanta, his woman, his her name was Bebe. I never forget. She said, "I'll be talking to Willie and Kilo." <laughs> Gave us up. So me, I'm scared to death because they talk about we going to jail. We didn't took all this money from all these people, you know, with the scam and then with the credit card fraud. So in the military at that time, we thought you could do double jeopardy. So now the niggas in prison who coming in for the kitchen, they didn't got word that I'm going to jail. Oh man, them niggas had me scared straight. Oh yeah. Nah, I'm coming here. Oh yeah, nigga. We about to you about to watch draw. <laughs> nigga, you're gonna be cooking. You're gonna do everything, nigga. You gonna so I said, man, I spend that nigga, y'all niggas keep talking, nigga. I won't give y'all no food. Not talking shit. You know, but then I went and got a lawyer. This nigga Willie just went to sleep the whole time. We got to graduate in a week. So I said, nigga, they trying to take us to jail. He said, man, they ain't going to do nothing. This nigga had like ESP. He said, they ain't going to do nothing. You, you tripping. Just, just be cool. I said, nigga, be cool. Nigga, I just went. They talking about we're going to get five years. So now I go get a lawyer. So I get a lawyer, which is Captain Scopus. I never forget. He was a the military lawyer. I get him. He said, listen, man, you ain't never been in trouble. You a good kid, you know, because I was, I was a leader, a line leader. So... And I, I was a, I was a crew chief, a dorm chief in the dorm yeah. for for the on, on the yard. So he was like, "Man, I'm gonna negotiate to get you something to get your ass out of here." I said, "Listen, man, because my mama gonna kill me if I go to prison. She gonna kill me." That's all I was worried about with my mama. Yeah. My grandmother had passed. So this nigga Willie went and he told him, "Y'all ain't got shit on me. That ain't y'all, listen. That wasn't me on the phone." He said he telling me what to say. I, I ain't got enough heart to do it because I'm ready to get back to Ohio. I said, fuck this. I'm about to graduate. And they talking about taking me to jail. And we graduated about three to four days. Yeah. So now he negotiate. They kick me out of the military. They, they give me what is called an Article 15. That's like getting a felony as a civilian. They give me an Article 15, tell me I can't come back. It's a no branch to the military, right? And only branch of the military that they let me sign up is I can wait five years and I can sign up for the Marines. That's all they would let me come in. Wow. Hey, you that yeah, dad that got banned. You got banned from America. <laughs> that is a <laughs> that is an amazing <laughs> story. Right? Yeah. Oh, damn. So, but here go the killer. Me and my homie Dave McCombs, we went Shout in on a buddy plan. We went in together. Yeah. We was gonna be the base was in Springfield. Well, Dave got to keep his admin job, and we'll just say this. Somehow, they never, they all, they still gave me my tuition. Right. Oh. What happened with Willie? Did he just 
Shout out to Dave. Get, did he get? That nigga went back to Atlanta, and when I moved to Atlanta, I was looking for that nigga every day. So he didn't get in trouble with nothing. Nothing happened. He didn't do one day. Right. You got They kicked him out, and they let him. He can go back to any service. They just kicked him out. So right. I'm like, man, I wonder what this nigga saying it was me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he didn't do one day. Went back. Uh, they ended up kicking him out later because he was smoking weed. He kept failing drug tests. Yeah. Okay. But that was in Atlanta. So they, they didn't kick him out because of that shit we did. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't give us no restitution. Because it was so many people using We like, man, listen, my argument was once I gave them niggas a number, I don't know if they remembered it, you know what I'm saying? But we dialed a number. We never let them niggas see the number. We right. dialed a number. We bring the clothes back. We never gave them no receipts. You know, we they might see the Chess King bags and whatever else stores was popping. Merry go round, whatever right. the stores were popping back then. We bringing all the shit back from them. So now I'm out. Now I'm in college. Somehow they they I get my first check. I said, what? They paid my tuition. I went to OU. That's where I went to college at, Ohio University in Athens. Yeah. I went up there, and then that's when I start fooling with the fashion. So speed up, long story short, they had an event called a wine fest held by the Alphas. I wasn't Greek at the time. I just got on campus. So I came up with the ideal nightmare on Court Street. So I went to the local printer and had him print up some shirts. Man, I, I stood on the corner on Court Street, me and some of my partners, uh, my dudes from Cleveland, Kenny, Phil, we stood out there, sold shirts. Next thing you know, Bob Cameron, my dude Bob Cameron, he helped me. No, Bob came on later. So that was the first time. So we sold it. Me, Phil, and Kenny stood up there. I made like $1,000 in about two hours. The shirt was a hit. Yeah. You know, I that, put they look, that, on there. You designed uh, it, Kenlo? Yeah. Yeah, I just sketched it out. I couldn't draw. So what I did, I sketched it out, which I still do to this day. I Listen, man, I, I write my shit down. Then I make it materialize to this because I can't draw. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So these are stuff that I, I say what I want. Like I tell it, I sketch it. I got a little young boy there named Andre Allen. He an animal. So I yeah. send him what I want. And I, I show him what I want. He bring it to life. So I just have to use people to interpret because I can't draw. Yeah. You know what I mean? My partner down in uh, Faye down there in uh, Savannah. He been helping me uh, run the brand. I didn't bring him along. He been helping me. So he trying to do this. So I'm putting him through the same school I did, man. Write that shit down, send it to me, and then I try to get interpreted. But back to the thing. So now, huh? I'm going to pause you there to ask your question. Go ahead. I could hear you. I'm going to pause you there to ask your question. He hear you. Hear you. Go oh, ahead. this you know uh what what is college like during this time i mean is it like your first year are you like going through the normal uh succession of being a freshman or is it like you go there with hustle the very first thing on your mind that's it i'm from dayton ohio you know what i'm saying that's 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 one thing that tell they might breed a lot of haters but they breed a lot of hustlers too that's yeah. one thing you know what i mean that that's that's listen man this is one thing i say and i tell it to my partner ryan every day it ain't it ain't niggas like they women or niggas as far as the people who when we get out of there, that mentality that we have, it is it's, it's it's not like you don't want to go back. But listen, man, let's let's face it. We 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 come from nothing. Dayton ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? We had something when we had the industry that was was flourishing, black folks doing well. Now, man, this thing kind of got poverty stricken. No disrespect to nobody, but it's got poverty stricken and they don't give us the, the, the playing fields. It's not, they're not level. 
when I can't go in the bank and I watch a dude from Springboro go in the bank, we work, same credit score, this, that, because the color of my skin, I got to jump through 15,000 hoops to get this. They ain't got to do shit. And then you start seeing their backgrounds. They got relatives who work and they got this and that. We don't have that chain of opportunity. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then some of the, some of us who get successful in that town, we don't reach out for us. You know what I'm saying? The whole goal is to keep us fucked up. You know, they take on that mentality from the other races. You know, because I got white friends, so I don't want to be talking crazy. And yeah. they buy my <laughs> Boy, I would lighten it up on that note, too, because you said something funny in one of your posts. Where you said, uh, the, like, you spoke about having a suck attack in college. And uh, can you please give a story about when you had a suck attack in college? Shit, which one? <laughs> back, back then, you know, I, wasn't, I wasn't a player, but I wasn't a player that I am now. So Let's go. That's also the maturation process of becoming a player. Like, teach them how you went through your process, how you became a player. Well, the, the player shit really came, you know, my daddy always spit, you know, Holland player, you know, and and, and, and Annie McCullum's daddy, uh, God rest his soul, he had a poem, a poem that she gave me. Uh, and from there, it said, I have no choice. And I took it, rewrote it, and remixed it. And I used to put it on the back of the shirts. And I should have had that. But it's a dope, dope poem. But it came from a thing from him that he gave me. So that's how I really started writing the verbiage. Annie and Lisa gave it to me. My goddaughter, that's their mom, Joy. Joy Brooks, that's my goddaughter. So. Bro- yeah. on, on the yeah. first, on the, um, the shirts that you made, your first yeah. shirts where y'all stood out there and y'all got that cheese. Did you have anything written on the back of that? Or no, did that come but, to but be see, a signature? I, I was good with catchphrases. That's been my yeah. thing. Right. Even, even now. Before Instagram, you was the catchphrase. Yeah, yeah, listen, man. Listen, man. I, I used to take. Smed, no. Listen. Yeah. I know. I'll tell you. When it comes to t shirt, not only did I do player shit, all this shit that they didn't knock off. Yeah. Trap City, Tide, UPS, Universal Pimping Service, BP, Big Pimping. I did all of that shit. A nigga from Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, Jazzy Faye Ward, Nelly Ward in the video. But all impurity shirts came from Kilo Jackson. Facts. Yeah. Straight off day 2871 rep. Facts. Well, yeah. Now they still be running tired, fed up, uh, tired of broke ass, lying ass men. I got all that ignorant shit. Yep. But I quit making it because I got to a certain point where it was like, well, I didn't get to a certain point because I still was ignorant. But some of that shit wasn't presentable presentable to be wearing. Man, I got all kind of shirts. Snitches, trick, snitches, bitches, and trick ass bitches, or snitches, some shit. I had all that. <laughs> fuck all y'all. You know, I had all that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Mac and XL, you know what I'm saying? McDonald's. I had, uh, oh man, I had all that shit. Yeah. Apple bitch, Apple bees, and never seen, oh man, I had never seen a bitch I need in a UFO. Two things I ain't never seen a UFO and a bitch I need. I have all that kind of Man, bro, you had some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> There's people who, who still got it. And they be like, man, bring. I said, man, I ain't in that place no more. Plus, I got daughters. And I, you know, I had, we don't love them hoes. Man, I got stories, man. I, me, Nose, uh, Darren Bird, all of us with Carrie Ivy, Earl George, Cleo James. Legendary handshake. You know, we went to the Freak Nick. Nigga, I made 40 something thousand. Let's go. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. Because cause, cause, cause Carrie Ivy talking about this uh, 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 story. And he didn't give us a lot of the behind the scenes. You seem a little bit more outspoken than Carrie Ivy was and a little yeah, more candid. Shit, Listen, man, let me tell you something, right? And this real talk. A lot of them niggas, a lot of them, big money niggas, 
Never got on a plane till they start fooling with me. I took 15 niggas on a plane who had never been on a plane. They might have had $400,000. All the niggas with so much money in their pocket. We went to uh, Orlando to a uh, black black college reunion, black you know black uh, 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 spring break. I took the niggas down there to, with Fam U and Daytona and all that niggas. They used to fuck with me. None of them niggas like freak niggas. You know, it, it, them niggas wasn't going. I took listen, man. Y'all know knows if y'all know a knows he old school, old school gentleman, street dude, been all his life. Man, I took this nigga with me everywhere, and he took me everywhere. Let me go in the streets and watch him do his thing. And give me some game. But when it came to the t-shirts, he fooled with me. But man, I started having niggas get on planes going everywhere. We going to Florida. We going to DC. Howard's homecoming. All that shit. We would be there be the only niggas from Dayton. Some niggas selling t-shirts. Virginia yeah. Beavers. You know what I'm saying? I did all that shit. Philly picnic. I got some shirts out that you might have seen me post. Uh, we going to the Rutgers. I'm going to the Boys and Girls Club in New York. I'm going to Indianapolis. I was that was my second home, Circle City Fest. Nostalgia with New York, um, I know you have the same thing also. So, yeah. I've never been to the Rucker. I've been to Cloud Park. I like I, I've been to multiple places in New York. What was the Rucker like for you? You know, for a nigga from Dayton, it was to me to be honest, and I'd be high on my city. It wasn't no different than the the, the, the big Mondays at Roosevelt. Right. But it was. Oh. Just, it was just professional players coming, and it had more stigma to it because it had so much history. So you talking about you might go see Skip to my Lou, you might go yeah. see, you know, Kobe might pull up. Yep. You know, you know, back then it wasn't those type of athletes. It was more the the old school cats and then all the dudes who was getting money. And the stars. Yo, and the yeah, stars came to the game. The stars came to the game. Yeah, we, we went up there, we couldn't even get in because it was so many people. So we just had to stand around the fence. So I'm like, man, fuck this. I'm gonna start some shirts. Man, yeah. them people be hanging on the walls, hanging on the fence, you know. And then, you know, we was with New York Cats. Yeah. And at that time, I was running heavily with a lot of Muslims because, you know, we was on a tour selling shirts on the road. And I'm skipping all over the place. But, you know, you know but, after college. But let's go back to college. What do you want to know yeah. about me? Yeah, uh, on the college life. On so, the very first part of college life. Well, that's, we that's sold, how I got into this. Yeah, so, that's what I was about to say. We sold out. You you sold out that first time, yeah. But it was yeah, for yeah. it was for an yeah. event, yeah. So so how did you start finessing to be like, hold on, bro, fuck Listen, that. Man, this, I can do this, this shit was, every day. This, this this right here was the coldest move I ever did. I yeah. went up to the printer and I got his price list, right? So he gave me his price list on what he charged me to do shirts. Yeah. So he 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 didn't do contract printing and contract printing, man. As you know, when people bring you the shirts and want you to print them. And you know, you make we make our markup in providing the shirts for people because people yeah. don't know how to get shirts. That's how we make money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So at the time, I said, "Let me find out." So I I, I went up there, I hung around. Then I started seeing the catalogs. I got the number set up the count. So now I'm ordering my own shirts, and I'm going up there and having him print them. So I took his price list, and I said, "You know what? All these student organizations, he don't leave this this office." You know, he, he was down on State Street in Athens. I went to school, Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. He didn't leave the motherfucking place. And it was called the dog something, of the Uptown Dog. <coughs> Excuse me, because that's what Uptown was called in Athens. And anybody, there's a gang of folks from day that went and graduated from, from OU. Miss Nicole, Lakeisha Nicole, she the coldest. She she came out of there not too long ago. She she thorough young lady. So, uh, 
I, I, I got the price list and I undercut his price, right? So what I did, I said, anybody who wants something in the student organization, I'm charging $6 a shirt. So, and I'll meet you up here at the Union Hall or Baker Center or wherever. So now I can post on all the halls and all of the, the, the dorms. He wasn't doing that. So I had the whole yard on lock on this shirt. Yeah. Every student organization, they I had it from the modeling groups, not just blacks. I had white fraternities. You know, some of the big fraternities, they, they didn't fool with me because they was getting the applicate, you know, and all that shit. So yeah. the bookstore. But if it might be the Black Caucus Student Union, or it might be the, the caucus union, the voters, this, this, this dorm, that dorm. They all came through me. So now I'm eating hand over foot. I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about, man, I'm getting so much money, it's ridiculous. On campus. So, so I have a question. So, like, what was the transition from you doing that to pledging? And also walk us through what was pledging. Well, I always knew I wanted to be a new because everybody in my family was Q's. You know, that I knew everybody around me was Q's. I didn't want to be no Q. And then I think a couple of them was alpha. You know what I mean? So I seen how the nukes was. You know what I mean? They was just so smooth. And that, that's the only choice I had to be. Like I told you, I transitioned to start fashion, to start dressing, you know, wearing slacks and shirts and vested sweaters. And that's when Plaz was in, and K-Swiss was in. And Cincinnati boys, my boy Easy from Cincinnati, that nigga used to be clean. My boy Joe. Smart. Huh? What'd you say? You talking about Jimmy Hill? Yeah, yep. No, Smirk took me take care of me since I was young, and I skipped over Smirk. But Smirk took care of me from the boys' club. I got and you, bro. I got yeah. you, bro. I got you. I appreciate it because that man is different. That that's my dog. Jimmy Hill is my dog. Yes, sir. Young Smirk. My grandmama loved him to death. My mama, because we played basketball at, at Westwood, and then Smirk went on to play at Dunbar, run, running back. But he took care of me because you know, shit. West, the going to the boys' club. Could get a little rough. You had some, you know, you had some boys from the Bass that was making niggas check it in. Cricket, Kevin, uh, uh, Winston Jenkins, JT, they had a crew down there. Jamat and them, the Reds, they had some niggas down there. Uh, listen, man, they, they, listen, them niggas wasn't playing. You know what I'm saying? You know, you might go swimming, all your shit be gone. So <laughs> I had a couple run ins with some cats and smirk. I had to go get smirk because they robbed me in the alley. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't told Smirk when I went back the next day. He wouldn't got my shit back because he knew the niggas. I mean, that's my nigga. Smirk, yeah, yeah, that's that's my dude. Smirk don't play directly. And the nigga wasn't big, no bigger than nothing me. Yep. He had he had a heart of German tap. You know what I'm saying? So I met a lot of good cats down there from and, and Arrow, Butchie. You know, so I was like a chameleon. Man. I was cool with so many Butchie wear. Yeah, yep. S curl up top, wearing little bitty baseball caps. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, we go back. So none of them niggas, they can't deny me because I've been there with all of them. You know what I mean? So I was a dude who could, like I said, I was a chameleon. I float in and out of neighborhoods. My mom was sick. I had to live in Parkside. So Sherry and Paul Harris was out there. You know, a lot of, I think Daryl Brooks was living out there at the time. So I met a lot of people from time to time, just from, you know, where I be. You know, I knew all the hilltops when I was up here. Huh? Yep. You still brought your people along with it because that's where the whole player university is. Listen, I had all the niggas come and visit. All the niggas used to come up here. And that's where you came with the player university because it's like 
peoples can't go to college. I'm gonna give you a fictional college, and y'all go there now. Like, Kenlo. Uh, Bird Bird said Cancun Memorial Day, bro. He he said Cancun Memorial Day and Black Beach. (laughs) Listen, we've been everywhere. Me and that man, Darren Bird, you know, we first got on the tour riding behind Too Short. Like the stories that me and Darren could tell, nobody would believe. Because, like, we did it. We was two niggas. And Darren, listen, man, listen, man. Darren coming on Tuesday, by the way. All in Darren next Tuesday. Let me tell you this story about Darren then, the Stefan. Yeah. And this coming up on his anniversary of his past. So we in Virginia, right? At we at no, we in Daytona Beach. And these niggas from Virginia knocked me off. The nigga Hank, I know this nigga. So the players university is so hot, this nigga knocked me off. Yeah. So what happened is we we on the beach. We see some people, they're like, man, we got them shirts. I said, the fuck y'all don't? We just got here. We pull out, me, Darren, uh, my cousin Ronnie, uh, Wayne Lope, uh, Darren Bird, Stefan, and somebody else. We had about, we had, yeah, that time it was just really us. Five. Ty Hill, Tony Hill, they was there. Uh, we had a crew with us. You know what I'm saying? Jerome Dismute. We took a gang of niggas down there. So, they also were on the other, Hurl, Cleo, and them, they on the other side of the beach. We down here selling. So now, this big nigga, I'm talking about, man, this nigga about 6'5", oh, 325 pounds. A mountain of a man. Right? So, yeah. that's why I say, hey, man, what the fuck y'all doing? So, you know me, I'm, I'm having a fit because I'm like, hey, man, what the fuck y'all doing? But, you know, I ain't no fighter, but I'm talking shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I'm like. You know, so there is Stefan. So this big nigga, he said, you, this is what we going to, this is what we going to do. You know, Darren a fighter. Wayne Lope is a gorilla. You know what I'm saying? And it's just me and Ronnie. So we like, shit, we going to fight too. But there's two niggas we can whoop. They had some little niggas we can whoop them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the big nigga, he said, man, y'all ain't going to, what the fuck y'all talking about? This is our shit. I said, nigga, who the fuck? Your name ain't kill old nigga. The fuck you talking about? Facts. Yeah. When it came to talk that, 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 I'm going to beat you up. And he said, if I beat you up, y'all don't sell these shirts. Y'all give us these motherfucking shirts. So the nigga said, you must be suicidal. Who is this little nigga? He said, this nigga must got a strap. He said, I ain't got shit but these, nigga. And I'm going to beat your motherfucking ass. That nigga said, listen, man. Ask there. So then Darren, you see Darren, you see Wayne, right? Them three niggas right there. Because Darren at that time, he was young and in shape. And that's all he did was fight all motherfucking day. Yeah, so they looked at our they crew, and they had about seven niggas. It was just us five, but you know them niggas. And then the nigga Hank, I was gonna fight him because, like, nigga, you know better. This nigga know me. We talk, talk about events, everything, man. I couldn't believe he played me like that. So these niggas is from Dayton, no? They from Dayton, and they done. Took I'm from Virginia. Them niggas from, from Virginia. Oh, they for they from Virginia, but you yeah, knew them. You know, I don't know. They must have thought they weren't gonna see us down there. Right. Oh. Right. Check the motherfucking bag in, man. I, 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 God is my witness. Darren is my witness. He, he'll tell you. They, them niggas put the shirts up. Damn, you gave them to it. Yeah. That's legendary, bro. Yeah, that's sweet as yeah. fuck. That's <laughs> real shit. Yeah. 
So they knew, niggas, you know, them little niggas wasn't playing. Stefan wasn't playing. Heart of gold. Said, man, I'm going to beat you up, and then you're going to give me that bag. He said, huh? I'll beat your little ass. He said, come on. So we, we when I whoop you, we tell him, when I whoop you, I want all them shirts because I'm going to yeah. beat your motherfucking ass. So I'm like, damn. That's crazy. So now I got my, I got a little bit more courage. I said, yeah, nigga. <laughs> you know what it is? Yeah. Check that bag in. Dude, I'm talking shit. Now Darren then got riled up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna hit me about two niggas and get out the way. I'm out of there. So, so, uh, so I heard like uh, there's three clothing lines, right? So like you had the Player University, which was a positive one, right? You had the Hustler State one that you know what I'm saying the businesses was like, nah, that's a little like it's too close to y'all selling drugs. But yeah. the one that I want you to bring back. If I have one to bring back, it gotta be Mac Daddy University, bro. I'm from that era. I need Mac yeah, Daddy yeah. back, bro. I will wear it. Mac me, make me the a focal person. I will wear it. Mac Daddy, now they be like, get your old ass out of here. <laughs> I want to be that. I want to be that. I want to be that to this generation. And guess what? I never got to do it. So what I did was because none of my partners went to college. Like I said, all of them went to the streets. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy, Jimmy went to the street. Everybody that, that I came out and was around, Tink them, everybody was in the streets. And these are people that I ran with, you know. So I wanted to, my cousin James Moore, Darren, all them niggas, Kevin Bird, his brother, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Gerald, Durrell, yep. all the birds, Chicken, Charles White, all these niggas was ripping and running in the streets. Niggas, yeah. them niggas was robbing. They was doing all kind of shit, you know what I mean? Mark Rutledge, you know, them niggas was. Oh, crazy. yeah. Yeah, That's the gorilla in the midst right there. Uh -huh. Mark Bell. So all my partners was in the street. So I created a fictional university so these niggas could go. They didn't go to UC. They didn't go to Central. They didn't go yeah. to OU. Nigga, they went to the University of the Street. So I created oh. Hustler State and Mac Daddy U. And Mac Daddy U was a Notre Dame logo with an M and a D. And That's hard. I just never was able to get to it. And I, I started pushing Hustler State. That's what I came out first. And it was made, the company at the time, I called it BBS, Brothers, well, BFS, Brothers for the Struggle. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? That's what it was called. And then uh, I think they had a rap group in Cleveland, this nigga named Trev. They had a rap group, something like that. Uh, and, and I had to change the name. So I changed the name and I just started putting Kilo on the shit. You know so, what I mean? So, so I have a perspective question, right? So if your first one, you know what I'm saying, which you really, you know, it kind of was, you know, like your first one that really didn't take off. And then your other one that kind of was... It took off. Hustle State. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying the, like your first one thinking of the Mac Daddy one. And then like Hustle State takes off, but the but the, but the 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 Anglo fans aren't buying it, such as the people in the business are saying this is kind of provocative when it comes to being a hustler because it kind of gives the uh, dark undertone of be uh, uh of selling drugs well, that was that, that was that was that was the corporate establishment yeah so what i say is for for player university to take off and you had a, always had a positive undertone for it that meant a lot for your movement because you could have chose any negative thing to put like you could put fat asses on a t-shirt and they'll sell but the fact that you chose the one that was positive and that's the one that took off what did that mean for you well let me tell you this when this is something i didn't mention when i first started with t-shirts and i graduated from college i was all about positive imagery the name of my company was a kilo specialty 
positive energy through apparel. I didn't even use profanity until I started working in my daddy's bar. You know what I'm saying? I got on the positive tip. So all my shirts used to be Marker, uh, uh, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, Martin Luther King. I was all positive, too black, too strong. So when I went to the Virginia Beach, when they had the riots, we down there, that's where I made all the money. That's when I decided I wasn't going to take a job. When I graduated from college, I got offered a job to work, I think, like $36,000 to work at NCR. Uh, and, I, I, you know, when I went to Virginia Beach, we made like 40-something thousand dollars. Me and my frat brother, Fred Fernandez, uh, Neil, which was a Q, Neil Thomas, who's my partner. He was my business partner since since we left OU. He was, he was my business partner going in. It was me and him. They, they used to call us Ed Lover and Dr. Drake because Neil was heavy then. And I looked like Ed Lover, so they said. So, yeah, we was all positive energy. I, you know, all my stuff was positive. So, when I started Players University, I took some of the catch, catch lines that I would use from the positive stuff is switch them over to some, uh, it would be positive stuff, but it'd be relating to the streets. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that was my play. My whole key was play on words. I knew how to talk shit and I knew how to flip words to do, do a lot of creative shit. Now, you know what I mean? Now, one thing that I noticed because I'm, I'm a father, you know what I'm saying? And my oldest son, he, uh, he's 17 years old, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to set my son up for success, right? So mm-hmm. when I see stories like, yours it made me think about so what was your first job and then i looked and saw that uh, well you know what i'm saying like through my research i saw like your dad literally hands you a entrepreneur magazine and told you to pick a franchise out of it to me it was super dope so can you please walk through that part because to me that that speaks to the fathers of today because you know like me and smarty type of people who like we will coddle our kids and and we will spoil them to the point of disrepair Right. So walk us through what your dad did to help you get to be the entrepreneur that you are today. Well, really, man, and it's funny. My, my dad was a street nigga. You know what I'm saying? He was a gambler. You know what I mean? Uh, he was in the streets doing what he do. Really, he was just a gambler. You know what I mean? And uh, he he was telling me, son, you got to get you something to have your own. You always got to have your own. He's, you know, it's cool to work for people. He said, but have your own. Find you something to do. And basically, he was basically really telling me, nigga, quit begging. That's basically, yeah. you know what I mean? Real talk, like quit. You ain't gonna keep coming at home, getting these fives and thousands, you know what I'm saying? Doing this nigga, you gonna get you some money. So he showed me. So what happened, My my he, he like my my brother, his name is Kevin, his eldest son was a friend of my dad's. So Kevin was selling Lakers and he was selling fake purses on Gettysburg, tearing their ass up. So the Lakers won a championship. Yeah, he was selling, big Kev, he was selling a, all this shit. And I'm like, damn. So my dad said, boy, get you some shirts, right? Start selling some shirts. So what happened was I had already sold shirts in college and my daddy had told me, you know, so he wanted me to get a, a franchise. So at the time, all the franchise, you look in the back, washing cars, uh, pet stores. I'm like, man, I ain't going to ask this man for all this money. So what happened was I went back to school and I turned it up with the shirts. So now I, my daddy, I, I, I got a summer job. I had a BMW. I got a 320, a 320i BMW Gold BBS Pirellis. I got that that summer, and it was all she wrote. So now, yeah. when I'm riding on campus and that, yeah. all the folks want to do yeah. things with me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? windows. Yeah, because I had just had, before that, I had the Denzel Washington uh, 78 Monte Carlo. It looked just like the one he had on training day. Yeah. So I had the, the, the basket. So I, I was riding player whips, clown. But, you know, when I played, 
them niggas thought they was gonna drive my car while I was online and tear my shit up. So I took it home. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? But my dad really instilled in me to have my own. And then being that I came from nothing, watch my mama work all the time, my grandmama work all the time, and everybody around me have to hustle. And my uncle, my uncle June, who was my that's like my dad, you know, he painted cars and he was a mechanic. You know, my other uncle worked, my other uncle was in and out of prison. You know what I'm saying? I seen what he was on. And, you know, I went to start going to the prison at an early age. That's what scared me about Jig, you know, going through Lucasville and uh, that motherfucking chair, that electric chair when you walk in. So I, that got me, you know, I didn't want to do no crime. Then I seen Scared Straight. I wouldn't even steal now, ladies, no more. Bro, let me, let me ask you this. So you, you find in a way, like, you know what I'm saying, you getting a nice buzz going, right? And yeah. uh, you, you getting lit, but... Like the first time that I really heard of you, bro, it was more like I'm thinking of you damn near as a celebrity, bro. Because it, I think I kind of like associated you with Too Short, damn near. Like, yeah. and everybody was just embracing you. And so, for anybody that's got a fashion or clothing line or something, their whole goal is to get their product into hands of superstars like that and have them represent your shit, bro. So, man, how did it feel? Like, what was the first celebrity that you met that really, really loved your shit that started promoting it on their own? You know what I'm saying? And then you tell me about this, that. This is crazy. The first one, when what happened, I got the store on Germantown, 4771 Germantown Pike. Yeah. And uh, my frat brother, Ricky Poole, let me have a college night over there. And then that was right before he sold it. He sold it to Steve and Dwayne and Dwayne. Dwayne is still alive. Steve is dead. God rest his soul. But they took over my cousin, Sean Pierce. They own Spunkies at the studio. Yeah. Man, Sean, my bro. Let me have every Thursday. So, like I said, I threw parties in college. So, I threw college night there. Ronald Hunter was my DJ. I still got some old flyers because I don't throw shit away. I'm a damn near hoarder. But I got yeah. flyers and cassettes with Ronald. You know what I mean? So, Ronald was the DJ. Darren and Kerry, they ran all the security. You know what I'm saying? Soul, Big Soul. All yeah, of them Big Soul. Big Soul was Sir. a young motherfucking animal. Yeah, you know man. They, so they they uh they ran the security for me. So what happened was I would sell t-shirts next door, right? And I have college night there, and I also was gambling and doing all kind of shit in there. So I was getting money. You yeah. know what I mean? Out of that t-shirt spot. But uh I lost my train of thought. So man, what the fuck? So we was just well, we was just talking about how you finally morphed into okay. getting celebrities I, to, the to first start so now yeah. what happened was I run an ad in the back of the source magazine so I I, I put this picture yeah. up it was in black and, black and white it had Stefan, Earl, Cleo Mark Bell, C.V. Mitchell my little brother Iron. he was about 16 I put his little ass in the, in the yeah. ad so we had Cleo's car I think he had a big ass deuce you know what I'm saying deuce and a quarter green yeah. I think with a green top so we went out there with the jerseys, got on there, and I even got in the ad. You know what I'm saying? I still yeah. had hair. So we got in the ad, we shot the ad, and uh, we put it in the back of the Source magazine, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit of ad, because the shit cost about $600 to put it in the back of the classified. Yeah. Source, we couldn't afford the ad, but we, we hustled up the money to get the six. Kip from Goody Mob, first nigga to call him, there was a celebrity. He wasn't even a celebrity then. Yeah. So from there... I met the niggas Cameron. Cameron Gip. I used to call his house, talk to his mama. He'd pick up the phone. You know, when cell phones and shit back then. Call his house. He'd tell me he needs some stuff. 
this, that, and the other. So I sent it to Atlanta. So then, so he was buying wholesale from you. I was giving it to him because yeah. I knew he was in the rap group. You know what I mean? And he was the first one. So then from there, I started catching on with the other up. Uh, me and Scarface got cool, right? So yeah. Me and Scarface, he would call. I would. He gave me his number. He said, "Man, send me that shit." So at that time. I wasn't selling. They were celebrities. You want to get it on their back? You gave it to me. Yeah, but he called you, Ken Lowe, from your ad. He Scarface called you. Call call the man Brad. I call his phone. I fuck with his brother. You know what I'm saying? And Cincinnati, because like it was a concert in Cincinnati where where like the crowd wasn't messing with it, and then they weren't fucking with me at all. I sat back there. My nigga Fresh Smurf, uh, Fresh is my nigga in Cincinnati. We be throwing throwing parties. Been throwing parties for years. Fresh had eight ball at MJG. No, no, that's the second time. He had face yeah. up to me. Yep. Happened one, we come up there and I'm set up, right? Now yeah. me and Face and his folks was cool. At Cincinnati. 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 Yep. You know what I'm saying? So Face Man used to always tell me, nigga, when you blow up, nigga, I'm gonna come see you, you know. And that <laughs> he was Jay Prince right hand man. Yeah. You know. Now I won't say his name, but that's my partner. But listen, he come check you. Them niggas don't play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh uh, Warren, uh, whatever uh, his, his uh, face brother name is Warren. Uh, Warren Lee, Warren Lee. So I title Warren. I, I laced these niggas. They would stay clean. So what happened was these niggas walking by me, not fucking with me, right? So face said, "Love, come to the stage." This nigga brought me up on stage, stopped the music. He Damn. said, "This is my man. He got his clothesline going on. Players University. I want y'all to fuck with it." After that. Every Cincinnati nigga in the motherfucking town. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Which yeah, was cool. bro. That's that, cool as That's up, when man. I first started seeing the influence of the artists. Yep. So, Face was fucking with me before I even got in Foot Locker. I was just small. So, then from there. Tommy Owens. Tommy uh, Owens. Tommy Owens. Too short. Detroit. So, what happened was <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big party up there. So when we go to the party, short performer. So he said he wanted me to meet short. So we drive to Detroit. Tommy Owens. Yeah. The legendary. Man, big so bro. Tommy Owens is the reason why I, I meet, meet short. And Tommy Owens is inspirational for why uh, I blow. So I give all the credit to young Al Sharpton to Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> right. right. Legendary handshake. Legendary Yo. handshake. Okay, dude. You, know, you, know, you know, that's my man. I, yeah. I always give it up to him. Like, it wouldn't be. Wouldn't be no love without him. Real talk. So that's when talk. that's love. Once, once you got that relationship with with Too Short, no, 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 no. It, it's a whole story there with the video shoot. So this how I go. This is good. <laughs> we, we go to the party. Me and Tommy go to the party. Man, <laughs> hey, hold on, hold on, Kilo. Man, shout <laughs> out, motherfucking <laughs> Peanut, <laughs> man, 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 motherfucking go. That nigga Peanut Girl. That's your information. Motherfucking go, man. What the fuck? Listen, I'll be all over the place. Yeah, so look, I fuck with you. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. my church people out here who see me cursing. <laughs> I got some around these young niggas. I can't get on here and get the speaking and pull it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he got to talk to people in the language they speak. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. Excuse my language. But no, <laughs> seriously, you know, uh, we go to the party. And at this party, Michael Moore is there. Michael Moore is about to fight, I think, Evander Holyfield. Yep, yep. Yeah. He at the party. He got a, he got a championship. They all come full short. And I meet Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose is in, in college. He's a freshman at the University of Michigan. Yeah, five five. Yeah, yeah, five five, baby. They, they play 
Who they play the next day? Um, it was uh, it uh, it was Indiana, wasn't it? Indiana, whatever yep. they play. This is this is this is an introduction. So I meet him. I meet Michael Moore. I tell him I'm gonna give him some clothes. This, right. that, and the other. Right. right. So right. now I meet Short. Short, cool. But Aunt Banks take a liking to him, right? So yeah. I, I, R- Ramon Dancy is my best friend. That's Short's road manager. So, but Aunt Banks. For some reason, take a like it to, which you know, Ant Banks was a rapper. He was a producer for short. So they said, "Hey man, we shooting a video in about a week. I'm gonna call y'all if you can make it. Come bring some clothes." Now this is this sad story is how I moved to Atlanta, right? Uh, I'm selling some clothes on Gettysburg. We selling clothes. It was a big crap game. People used to gamble out there on the, in the corner, in the far corner, going towards the dollar store. That's where they used to gamble. All the big time, Mr. Hunt, God rest his soul, John Hunt, Mr. Walker, my daddy, Ed Lee, God rest his soul, Ridley, all the big time money. The Willis, yep. Big dogs. Daryl Brooks out there, all the niggas with money, right? Shine, uh, uh, Moon, all these cats out here gambling, right? Yeah. Uh, So these niggas leave. They all leave. So now when I come back, it's Donna Q. Uh, Chicken, Chicken George, God rest. I keep saying God rest in peace to a lot of people, but Chicken George, yeah. Ant, my nigga Ant, he there. It's, it, it's money there, but ain't the big boy money. So yeah. these niggas come around the corner and rob the crap game. I'm selling stolen clothes. I'm, only reason I'm getting down is KK. Y'all know little KK. Uh, that's Thomas and all them little brother KK. Kevin, yeah, you know, not I'm Kevin Foster. Not little, no, not Kevin Foster. Little bitty KK, short. Okay. About, Okay. Three foot tall, really. All right. So, man, so you know him, bro. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I know you're talking about. A little bit of KK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he Thomas and Keith Watson. Them. He they little brother. Yes, we are. And, yeah. So, and and them too. Rest in peace. R.I.P. So, I'm bending over. These niggas come around instead of saying it's a stick up because they would make it. These niggas come around shoot. So they come oh around. Pop, 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 pop. Y'all whole ass niggas know what it is. Everybody take off. Two or three people get shot, and uh, Duck Springer was there. Him and Brett, they had just came from the Silver Fox. Wow. Uh, and they was up there, and, 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 and Duck was a basketball star back in the day. You know, I'm teasing him because he had all these white boy sandals. What the fuck you doing with this? <laughs> <laughs> so when the boys start shooting at us, he take off. Duck get hit. We running side by side. And whoever these niggas is, they got mad. They lighting everything up. They not playing. They shot about three or four people. And then everybody else, they made them lay it down, take their pockets. So we keep running. These niggas keep chasing us. I got my little brother <laughs> up there with me, Jay. My cousin Ronnie there. We keep running straight. My cousin Ronnie, he go across the street. So, but they hit Duck. And he said, low, I'm hit. I'm hit. I'm hit. I'm like, nigga, keep running. Don't stop. He bled out. Fell. He died in the parking lot. We Damn. made it all the way down to go towards Lori Sue. We jumped. So now my brother, he jump over the fence and he bleeds. So I'm like, I didn't got this nigga shot. Cause he ain't was 16, 17, and I got him out there. And these niggas, they stopped firing us because we, we ran. And, uh, you know, Duck ended up passing away. So from that point, I, I, I told Ronnie, when we got back together, we walked up the street. We left our cars in the parking lot, walked up to my dad's bar and told him what happened. And then I called Herman Sutton and told him, man, that, you know, because Herman, that was Duck was his man. So I called Herman and told him, man, they didn't, they didn't kill Duck. So everybody yeah, came up there. I left. I didn't go back in that parking lot for damn near eight to nine. I wouldn't go in the parking lot. I don't care if I needed balloons, the dollar store. 
I didn't fuck with the parking lot. And ironically, I ended up putting the store back there, which is crazy. Yeah. But I, I, I left. I told Ronnie, I'm out of here. I got a truck that Saturday. I think that happened to duck on like a Thursday night. That Saturday, I got a U-Haul and I moved to Atlanta. Went down there and my ex-girlfriend helped me get a place. You know what I'm saying? Found me a place. Took what little money I had. Told Darren, come on. I came back and got Darren because I moved there first. So then yeah. I came back once I got the spot and, I, and told Darren, come on, this nigga left all his kids to fuck with me. Darren at the time probably had about seven kids. When he left, <laughs> left him, he took, you know, so I always uh, bow down to Darren and, and always have a special heart, a special place in my heart for that man because I know what he did. And, you know, we wasn't making enough money, but whatever he made, he sent back to them kids. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it was crazy. So, that's how the relationship started with Short, but it really started with Aunt Banks. So what happened was, I didn't really get the crack short until we shot the video, and then when he came out with the song, I'm a player, that's when I got it. So his yeah. business partner was Randy. Uh, uh, Randy, uh, I damn, what the fuck Randy's last name? But Randy was his business partner, and they was like a 50-50 split, so we worked up a deal with Jive where I could put my shit in the album cover. Now, unbeknownst to me, the job had a printing facility. Aunt Banks later told me this. So they ripped me the fuck off. Short was going platinum every album, gold or platinum every album. Yeah. So he's screaming player, song is player, my shirts is on fire, right? And I'm in his album cover. So he sold a million albums. Man, they were sending me orders for like 120 shirts, 100. Come to find out, Jive was printing the shirts they sell. What? So, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They was printing them. Dan Zucker, the, who, those was executives up there, back there, you know. Them guys is big boy heavyweights now. They are old and rich. But them cats was running it. And, uh, yeah, they got me. So that was my Man, first learning experience. Bro, that so, shit is amazing, bro, how somebody who already is doing good and wealthy would just fuck somebody over and take the money. They was fucking short over, too. Yeah. Was, the shit that they did in that game, sure, sure, they might give him a million dollars an album. He wasn't getting no publishing, no nothing. He get a million dollar advance, you know, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I don't yeah. like to be spitting bullshit information, but for the what I know, they get short a million or two for his album. He turned his album. Then that's it. He ain't getting shit. No publishing, no, no royalties, nothing. Right. No nothing. So right. They was they was ripping short off too, which is yeah. what, really why he ended up getting the fuck on. You know, after he did so many albums, he got the hell on because, you know, Short was really living off shows. Short is one of the only artists out here right now. I'd have been around from being on the road with them and daring to tell you that man can go out right now and go get him forty, fifty thousand dollars from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, he get a hundred now because he's charging twenty five. Yeah. So he go get him a hundred, and that's it. And when he wants something, short sure to say, I'm gonna go to work. He tell his manager, I'm gonna go to work. I'm about to buy a boat. I'm about to buy a car. I'm about to buy a house. He go and work. But that man has been doing that consistently for the last twenty something years. Sure yeah. can stay on the road. Thursday through Sunday. Get him 100K. I, I, listen, man, we, we talking about it ain't like he got to go do a stadium or no shit like that. Clubs in, in Tennessee, clubs in Alabama, clubs in Mississippi. Oh, yeah. You know, and he fucked with the community. So they love short. Toledo, Cleveland, you know, Cincinnati. You know, man, give us he, a short he, story, bro. What's a good old, a good short story you got? They, they X-rated. You know what I'm saying? The X-rated. <laughs> yeah. The X-rated. I'll put it to you like this. Come on, man. 
Listen, man. Please tell her too short. Come on. Listen, that was about fighting. When Funa was short, it's going to have to be Roz involved. That's Come on, man. Come on, man. man. Come man, on. Listen, man. Me and Short, we just kick it, you know, from time to time because, you know, I, I would go over there. Me and his brother, Wayne Locus, cool, his cousins, twins. Like, it was like family. His mama made me come over there and eat gumbo, and I didn't used to want to eat it. And I didn't know what was in it. She, <laughs> mama thought she dead and gone. But, yeah, man, I go to the man's house. You know what I'm saying? Short fuck with me. Short don't fuck with a lot of people. You know, so yeah. we just reconnected recently through his, his cousin, twin. So they gave me the address. I'm about to, when I, you know, after I get my health a little better and get more inventory, you'll see him back in. You know what I'm saying? I got a relationship with Richie Rich out there. Richie you know, Rich. Uh, 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 able to meet Bila, able to meet uh, E-40. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just had a lot of debate. Debate took me in. You, 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 know, you know what's real major to me, though, bro? Is the fact that, um, like, it's cool that, that you met all of those people, but what's even more major is that you had the shit that they wanted. Like, bro, you had that real shit. Because to yeah. me, I'm, I'm going to tell you, bro, and I, I'm not blowing Wearing smoke. the Hustler State. I'm state. not blowing smoke. Wearing the Hustler State shirt as he's saying this, by bro, the way, guys. To me, Player University. Absolutely. Is the best shit ever. Like, yeah. I don't think that there is a. I don't give a fuck if we talking Carl Kanai, we talking goddamn yeah. Fubu. Not I don't all. care what it is. To me, Player University League is the representation in the heartbeat of the street, man. Yep. Like, yeah. bro, and like I'm telling you, I looked on my profile, man, on Facebook, but yeah. for every time anybody ever asked me what school I went to, I tell these niggas I went to Player, Player University. University. Let's go. I tell oh, niggas man. I went to Player University. Hey, hey, <laughs> bro, took, I swear to God, you bro. This is, you took a lot of game from me and got a lot of money. Nigga, you better say that. <laughs> God, that. Man, real shit, bro. Like, I, I just I just Legend look at the salute. shit. Like, man, to me, I don't think that um I don't think nothing can fuck with you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, it, it, I, I, thank, I thank you for that, man, because, listen, man, I'm watching what you do. And, like, I don't have, have no problem. Like, me and you always been cool since you was a youngin'. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When you was just doing the gold, this is before you started doing the T-shirt. And, yeah. and, and anybody I tell you, you can ask anybody. If they ask me who I'm going to send to the T-shirts, I'm going to go holler at Smith, or they're going to go, I'm going to send them to Coach Red. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, those are the only people that I, you know, I fool with people who would fool with me. You know what I mean? So I don't have no hate in my blood about that. You know, it's some niggas that they be hating, and that's cool. That's understandable. I would hate me too, but you know, that that that's just not my pedigree. You know what I mean? So, you know, that ain't me. So watching what you do and what how you didn't catapult it, doing the shit for Kanye and doing all these contracts and doing all these rest in peace shirts and stuff like that. You know, I like that. You know what I'm saying? I like well, that. So to me, bro, I know how difficult. It is because it to me I think that it's it's different from what you do compared to what we do because pretty much bro if somebody comes to us with an idea you know something that they done do already that can't when I moved to Atlanta yeah that's how I used to try to get relationships yeah I did contract so for now, sure that's how I did all the artists that's how I developed the relationships with doing stuff for Carrie Hilson I did Beyonce shirt when she yeah. was party for at the skating rink. All those relationships, I would try to use them to yeah. let them carry on to wearing my shit. So they, you know, Polo, right. I did all his stuff. Zone yeah. Four, which is uh, 
uh, Bernard Parks and two, DJ Toot. That was their record label. Yeah. So you custom, you customize, you you customize. I saw a little John jersey on eBay yeah. that yeah, was like, up there in the price. From 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 me dealing with the source, I end up, I, like I said, it was it was Gip first. You know, me and Gip, my dog. So when I go to Atlanta, I take Gip had me send him stuff. I send it to Outcast through Gip. That's how I cracked. Uh, and they didn't wear it in the video, but Outcast wore. You, you see, I got a picture of him on stage wearing his shirts. You know, yeah. I, it's in black and white. I have it on there. Big boy wore the shirts. They all wore because that I was spitting player. From there, of course, face face kept me kept me ridiculous, which messed with with with, with Big Mike. Big Mike ended up having a baby by my cousin Ebony Burks, one of the yeah. coldest songwriters. She's still killing them right now. Yeah, she like is, man. BMF. She didn't roll for everybody that we listen to. Just yeah. don't know it. Straight out of date. And like I said, people who come from Dayton, they got that drive. You know what I mean? Van Hunt, the boy won a Grammy, I think, straight out of date. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a lot of folks that came out of here that don't play. Man, you know they saying, Darren Bird saying Alabama with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, to me, it's saying Greg Street. When he come on there, how them niggas did a seance, and me and Darren was scared as hell. <laughs> these niggas was doing that Ouija board shit off of my room. I said, man, what the fuck are these niggas doing? You know what I'm saying? I said, Darren, what, what is they doing? You know, I'm going to run behind him. You know what I'm saying? Shit. He was like, man, I'm not fucking with that shit. That's some voodoo shit. Nigga, shut that door. Yeah, man. Them niggas, hey, man. All kind of crazy shit, man. Ramon going around looking for bras, knocking on doors. Got me and Darren going from them. We in Detroit. This is how me and Big Bob, his birthday was just the other day. And Big Bob is Jermaine Security. Well, these niggas came into to the room, to the bathroom, and Short was in there. And they told nobody out. Nobody in there. Everybody got to get out. Well, Big Bob, 6'5", 330, big, you know, he's security. Straight yeah. out of St. Louis. He throws a nigga out. Man, he threw the wrong nigga out. This nigga <laughs> was like that nigga in Detroit. He came back with pistols, niggas, everything. And guess who only one person got a pistol? Was me. Yeah. 38. I got a little bitty 38. Right? <laughs> big Bob say, low, give me the pistol. Because the nigga say he going to kill Bob. So I'm like, man, I'm not giving up this pistol, Bob. Fuck that. We let's get out and let's get to the truck. He said, "Look, give me that pistol." That's how me and Bob got cool. And then we also got cool because him and Darren had them gaps in their teeth, and them niggas had a gang of kids. <laughs> they related. So when we went on the road, them two just connected. And then he yeah. take Bob. Bob would take Darren to do security jobs with him without me. You know what I'm saying? Like he go on the road, do shit, or just around the city. He fuck with Darren heavy. You know what I'm saying? And then with that. End up helping Big Al down there from Dayton. You know what I'm saying? Big Al fuck with Bob, but he trusted Dayton niggas so much. Him and Al, they still tight to this day. Still dogs. You know what I'm saying? They was just at the party ball in Magic City. Nelly and Jermaine and everybody, they was doing it. But yeah, man. You know, so I don't have no hatred on that, man. I, I just want to see. And I, I feel like, because I know I came from nothing. I, I didn't have no backing. You know, uh, the boys at FUBU had Bruce and Norm. They had a big boy. They had Samson behind them. I didn't. I didn't have that. I had a trunk, popping the trunk. Huh? Yeah, I had. I got offered to do a deal with them, but you know, it was a couple guys that was in my camp that I, I was loyal to. And if they weren't gonna take them, they weren't gonna take me. You know what I mean? Other deals on offer. I mean, it was other deals as well. Oh yeah, I had. You had a cool, and you had football. The dude, the dude, Mike down in Virginia Beach. You know, he had RP55. Now he got Billionaire Boys Club. He got Hustle Gang. 
Well, you know, Mike, he was probably going to give me the best deal, but I don't want to live in Virginia Beach. You know, I'm getting money as an independent. I'm I'm still doing about two to three million a year, and I can do what I want. I'd have hired all my partners, you know, Smacks, Player Pete, you know, Tim Gray. I was paying the secretary to do nothing. She getting forty eight thousand dollars a year. We was cool. <laughs> I'm you know paying a secretary to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do nothing, man. Hey, we, man. We, <laughs> right. We just had a ball. You know, Claire, Pete, Smacks. They was my youngins. I had yeah, Nutty. Uh, man, shout out to oh, Pete Dancy, man. That's my bro, man. For real, real yeah. shit, bro. I'm not sure question. Is he from the view? Because I argue with Pete to say, boy, you from Yale. Only man. person from the view they accept class Yale is Princeton is Ronnie Foster. <laughs> Foster, they 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 view they yeah. they, they view Pete, you from Yale. You and you and Jimmy Boyce. But uh, I used to joke with him all the time. But they from the view. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so uh, that's my man. So yo, I got a question. Yep. So um. Can you run out a difference between being uh like priced out by being independent versus the big machines, such as like the big companies? Cause you well, know, I like you have, I didn't have the infrastructure, and then, like I said, my influence was the streets. So I came up watching. If a dude hustled up a million dollars, he threw the million dollars back in the street, and he got me back in the streets. Yeah, that, back in the streets. That, that was my downfall because, like I said, my daddy was a hustler, and he the way he thought. His, his way of thinking was get money and you double up some, put the money into it, hustle up, get some more. Because he thought, and he gambled. So my daddy took, he took, he took conservative bets. His bets that he take until he stopped gambling as a race, his bets he booking to, to give himself the best odds. And for me, I wasn't paying attention because nigga, this is the streets. This ain't fucking dice. The odds, right. you, you rolling the seven is four, three, five, two, six, one. Talk that. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't thinking now. I wasn't surrounded with people like minded. You know what I mean? And then at this time, you really couldn't go to nobody. I, Damon used to give me some game. I would go there because I ended up hiring some of his freelance. I mean, some people who work for there. Bobby Joseph, he the one who took me to the next level. That's why, you know, Bobby Joseph is the coldest. So him, Emmett was at Mecca. You know, they was doing freelance stuff for me, you know. Uh, Dante Wilder, Spencer Chan, uh, George Robles, Ali Asha, all them cats. I was getting freelance from everybody. You know what I mean? So what happened was I didn't have that New York infrastructure. And that was part of my downfall. We was in Atlanta, and they still was looking at Atlanta like it's country. And then they was looking at Claire as pimp shit, like Gator Detroit shit. Yeah. And so, it's like going into the same way that they looked at Hustler State. Yeah. Hustler had a negative connotation. And then player to them East Coast cats because they was controlling fashion. It had a country connotation to it. And yeah. I'm in the South. You know, now look at their ass. The motherfuckers, boy. Listen. Yeah. Uh, I have a question, though. So um, eventually you get to the point where, you know what I'm saying, you decide to sell to foot action, but it based off of where you are financially. And me being a business owner and Smet being a business broke. owner. I, I was broke. What happened was. Rap we all been there. We we've all been there. At, like any business owner, the man broke. Smith probably right now has this great fortune right now with the money he made. He still has and uh, a ceiling he has to pay. We all understand it as a business owner. So don't think that's a knock against you. No, that's that's how I go. Yeah, yeah. That's how I go. And that that listen, man. What don't kill you make you stronger. And, Absolutely. And the, the adversity that I've been through, the lessons that I learned from having that money, losing all the money, starting all over. And now I got some progression. You know, I feel good, and I and I feel I feel confident. But for a minute, man, I'm like, man, when is this shit gonna take? 
you know what I'm saying? But I I, I lost my mama and her as an angel wrote me a note from the dying bed to tell me to go get your shit. Go get your shit back. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So I'm a product of God's grace and her praying and other people out here praying for me to make it come back because I was lost, man. When I without Players University, this was me. This is some shit that I built from nothing. So you know so what? bro, you you sold Player University, you sold the company to foot action? Yeah, what happened was so this this is what happened. So the company is doing well, and I started listening to these buyers. I really was a t-shirt and hat man. That's all I should have stayed. Yep. Until this day, you can go to Foot Locker, you can go to Foot Action, you can go to Champs or whoever I sold to. My sales groups is unmatchable because they let me do tie-ins. So that means for every shoe, they did what was called an SMU, which was a special makeup to a Jordan or to whatever sneaker was coming. I couldn't lose. Yeah. I couldn't lose. So when, when when a Jordan dropped, right, Nike couldn't react as fast as I, I can, right? Right. So what happened was they let me make the SMUs. I got the dialogues, everything, the, the Pantone book to match everything up. So if they make an Air Four in red and white, I got a player shirt to match. It. Yeah. So and all the key doors that I was in from the Greenbriars to the stores in Chicago to Houston Galleria Mall, to to uh, uh, Dallas Mall, you know what I mean? Uh, Memphis, I'm in all the key urban areas. That's when they describe the business as being urban businesses, which yeah. meant black inner city business. I'm in all of them. Memphis, you know what I'm saying? Even the Salem Mall. So now, when that shoe drop, they selling damn near a sneaker to every t-shirt. So they might only, I might make 8,000 of a black and red, 8,000 of a white and red, because of course, at that time, they're releasing Jordan's body abundance. It's just, it ain't this bullshit. Yeah. You gotta have yeah. a right. lottery in the box to get the shit. And you damn near gotta go to uh, 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 security, see uh, the CSI. <laughs> I mean, not CSI, but the uh, TSA to get you some sneakers. Yeah, you know what I mean. So now you might have a hundred thousand shoes being released, and they might let me make twenty-four T-shirts. And we talking about I have a sell through a pretty nineteen thousand. When all the shoes is gone, unheard of. So from there, I was the darling of the game because they like, hey man, this man killed him. So there, you talking about my sell throughs is at 28, 29%. You know, next day, they, we, I'm damn near out. So now they, they we going to another shoe. We're going to do the Air Max 95. We're going to do the tuned air. That's what it was called there. The tuned air, I don't know what it is called now. It was the funny color shoe with the gradation. You know, yeah. it's like an Air Max with a bubble in the back. Uh, man, they selling, remember that black and orange when they had with the white sole? It, it, it start off orange, then it go from dark orange to light orange, then it go to black, and it had the little, oh man, I sold them. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I used to kill them. So all of the Nike drops, I make shirts to match them. So my sale through was crazy. But well, here's what happened. Fashion change where all the rappers came became involved with the clothing lines. At first, it was just true Designers, you had Maurice Malone in Detroit, which he was the, like the godfather of this shit. Carl Kanai, you know, these is fashion dudes. These ain't got nothing to do with no motherfucking rappers. When FUBU came along, they was doing cool because we was all on the road together. I still got the car that I'm going to show Damon one day when they might let me on Shark Tank to sell something. I'm going to show him where they had the little cars. Wasn't no LL Cool J. They didn't have no rappers. They was just five guys from Queens. That's why I used to see the 05. 
think one of them went to jail or something, um, or, or he passed away. You know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but there was five of them. So they end up getting LL, right? And then it took off, but it really didn't take off to LL wore that hat on the Gap commercial because now you got an audience of hundreds of million people seeing you FUBU with the FB hat on with Gap commercial saying for us, by us. Them niggas took off. Cause so they used to sell the hats in the jersey. And at that time, that's when the flex fit was popular, right? Yeah. So from there, you had Russell, who was music driven, who had Fat Farm. Uh, you had a Nietzsche, which was three uh, uh, from NYC, which, which a Nietzsche meant NYC. Um, yeah. You had them. You had Mecca. Now, none of these, these cats all fashion. And then yeah. you had Miyoshi was, was some. Uh, Jamaican cats out of LA, some, some killing. No, academics then came along. That that came after Mecca got dismantled. Not dismantled, but they all left. So you had it was strictly fashion. So what happened is the urban market started kind of dying because you have Fubu off the chain because they got LL, they had Big Pun, uh, then they had Willie Esco. They picked up him. He had Nas. Yeah, so everything was was thing. So now. The, the rappers, they weren't even about the merch game. They just jumped into the clothing game. So then you had Outkast come, Rough Riders come, Ludacris yeah. come, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Even Snoop, right? So now, here I am. They telling me, you need this, you need that. That's how I started fucking my money. So what would happen was, I was ordering shit from factories as an independent, like using a factoring company, going over there, sourcing the goods through my relationship. Uh, Bobby hooked me up with some factories and some other people hooked me up with some factories. So I'm working with them as an independent, cutting $100,000 POs, $150,000 independent, you know, letters of credit. Yeah. So that's what it was called. So what happened was now I'm I'm getting more shit than I need because I don't have the buyers to buy what I want. They buy my T-shirts and hats. They buy them like crap. But now when I start getting into denim, I shouldn't have never did that shit because I wasn't a denim brand. So yeah. now... All the buyers, they so groupied out, they buying all this bullshit. Like they was buying Snoop shit. No disrespect to Snoop, but that shit was whack. They was buying Massacre shit because of who they were. Yeah. They had influence. And Short at the time, they wasn't fooling with Short because he was calling women bitches. But then when Snoop came, it was cool, you know, but it was yeah. a different era. So Short wasn't, I couldn't get that push. So now when I go to Macy's, and they like, well, who who, who are we gonna put the signage on the store? And I'm talking about short and, and, and Scarface or whoever else I had a relationship to try to use. Scarface was on killing shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was on that gangster shit. You yeah. know, and all the relationships I had, it just wasn't feasible to be hanging in these stores. Right. So what happened was I still bought some of that for the, some of the buyers who wanted to buy it. So they might buy 240 pieces. And at the time, the minimums you had to buy was a hundred dozen. So now I got 900 pieces or a thousand pieces sitting in my warehouse that I got to sell to mom and pops who might pay, might bounce your COD. And that's how my shit start falling. You look up, man, I have warehouse of jeans. Listen, any cat in Atlanta that was in the music game that came up during the era when I had Players University, I closed them all because I used to let niggas just come. I give them boxes of shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know what I mean? So from R&B artists, you know, Sam Salter just passed risk. I mean, I gave everybody clothes. It, everybody, you know, Outkast, uh, Goody Mob, uh, 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 Jim Crow, uh, uh, 
everybody, you name them. I, I gave them clothes. So trying to rap. I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. So, um, like in one of your Facebook posts, you uh, spoke on helping people out, but when you need help, help, they're not there. Like you're there when you're up, but when they're down or vice versa, it's like they don't really have that infrastructure to help you, but. You learned a, a valuable lesson in business that helped you today. Can you go into more of that? Well, you know, I just learned a business. When you not, when somebody can't benefit you, which is life, they, they don't need you. And then they get convenient amnesia. I think I said that in the post. You know, it's a lot of things that I did for folks, clothing them. Now, I will say this. My real cats, I could pick up the phone. And uh, when I was going through this situation with COVID and pneumonia, them niggas were calling me because somebody put a rumor out in Atlanta that I was on, I was on uh, life support. And I said, nah, nigga, I'm on child support. I ain't on life support. <laughs> <laughs> That's so like, a bar. That's a bar, bro. That's yeah, a bar. Yeah. That's a yeah, bar. No, I, I, I thank God that I'm here. Lord, thank you. But yeah, they put that out. So I got a lot of calls from a lot of cats that really touched me because they, you know, they reached out to me. And like, you know, it wasn't just no you know, they was concerned. Yeah. So there's some people out there, and you know, pretty much all of the dudes, you know what I'm saying, I can go back go back to. I had talked to T.I. through Pretty Ken not too long ago. I sent him some stuff, you know what I'm saying? You know, now I got avenues now to try to send stuff to these cats who I've come up with, to their artists. You know, me and Coach K is all right. That's my dog. You know, Kev from Indianapolis, me and him been cool. He worked for Allen Henderson with Hindu. So, you know, if I find something, because Yachty wanted to do this shoot with me and Fucking factory was COVID came. So I oh, to get the shit. So he wanted to do a shoot because he was doing a thing with Netflix and his dad Shannon, who's a photographer. Uh, you know, he used to rock my shit because he rolled with with Dungeon Family. You so, so the situation family too, man. That's the situation now here, with man. with Player University. I mean, you sold it, but is the contract up? And now you can bring uh, it back. Uh, no. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a long story. It's a long story. Told me she wrote from her deathbed, go get your shit back, son. She didn't curse. She right. Said, son, go get your stuff. That's the only thing. So what happened was, listen to this. This is this is how God worked. Yeah. I, I emailed him and kept emailing because I was taking, I was my primary gear care, prim, primary caregiver for my mom. That's what made me come back today. I let yeah. the house go, you know what I'm saying? Let everything go. I was damn near about to lose it anyway. So I let it go. 5,100 square feet. That's what I had built from the ground up straight out of day so we if i could do it anybody can do it so, uh, uh say that I back i left it left everything whatever everything put all my shit in storage furniture came up here to take care of my mom watch my mom go into her demise and pass on transition over yeah. and uh she had left me a note and uh i'll probably read it i only read it on her birthday september the 24th and uh it'll be Four years this year. No, three years. I think it's only been three years she's been gone. So she told me to get it back. So I had been emailing her. She told me why she was sick. Yeah, try to get it back, get it back, get it back. I said, all right, mom. So they never answered. They never answered. And if they would have answered, I would be like, how the fuck? I'm going to pay them anyway. You know what I'm saying? I just sold it to her for $2 million, but I took the money over time through a job, consulting, and points. That's what it was worth, the whole deal, $2 million. They gave me yeah. some money up front. And I took that and paid everybody off, which was dumb. Should have filed bankruptcy and then waited and did the deal. But yeah. no, I did it dumb. I, I bought that and I got a 72 cutlet. It's in my cousin's garage right now. That's all I bought, 6500 I paid everybody I owe. Everybody I owe. 
and then I, I, that's all I got. So then I got paid 150 a year for my job. I got points. Uh, I got some other money. So that's how the deal ended up. So they gave me like a, a, a fee for the trademark. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then they gave me the salary and points. So I might get my, my I got 12500 a month because that was a contract. So they didn't take that out. So that paid my salary a month, twelve five. All went to me. I didn't have no staff. And then I got points for what we sold. So, and the shit still was selling. So on my points, I might get another for the quarter. I might get another 30, 40,000. You know what I'm saying? Maybe 50, depending on how much we buy. But I had a buyer started hating. They got this chick in there. She started hating because I could have been making 100,000 because I could have been in every door. Ah, oh, you don't need to be in every door. So they, she cut me back. So the more doors I was in and more, more stuff I was able to sell, the more money I was made. Right, because of the point system. Yeah, you know, the commission, the points on the thing. Yeah. So from there, uh, they end up filing bankruptcy about 18 months into the deal. So now they owe me money. So now I had to take the money that they owed me left and sell it for like a quarter on a dollar. So I think I took, they might have owed me, I don't know, 1.5, whatever it was, the most I was going to get by selling a quarter on a dollar was probably like 350000 Yeah. So I took that, and that's how I opened up my sneaker stores, Classic Soul, and fucked that money up. You had multiple stores here, and you had stores in Atlanta. Yeah, I had five stores, four stores in Atlanta. I had one in uh, Camelton Road. We had one in uh, 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 damn, Buckhead. We had one in Buckhead. That was the signature store. And my partner was in them stores was Jaha Johnson, which is a music executive who managed Usher. I had Warren Campbell, his wife is in Mary Mary. All three of us, we own the first store. And then the rest of the store, I can't be in a partnership because I'm hard-headed. So I opened up another one in Little Five Points, came into Row, and that motherfucking money maker in the West End. We used yeah. to have to have security in there on the weekend. That shit used to be ridiculous because yeah. we was getting that much money. You know what I'm saying? Is that when you also opened the one up in uh on Gettysburg too? Yeah, always. Me and Stefan. Stefan had inner city communication. Yeah. And I had the Players University outlet. So all that shit in my garage, I can bring home and now start getting rid of it because right. now it's my hometown. Nobody support me like Dayton. So right. I man, listen, that store made so much money. I used to be taking thirty something thousand dollars down the highway driving because I couldn't get on the plane. I wouldn't get on the plane. So I just drive it. You know, we keep the money. We was making that much money. Jano ran the store. Jano, shout out to my bro. Yeah, Jano always been riding with me. That's my dog. You know what I'm saying? He didn't he didn't put up with me on all my fucked up ways. And I put up with his fucked up ways too if you listen to <laughs> But yeah, that's my pot. So so uh, so like before we leave out of here, because we got a couple things we gotta hit before we leave out of here. It's, it's a couple yep. things I wanna hit. Oh go ahead. But one thing I do wanna know is you did so this all came full circle where you got your got it back though. Yes, I, I, yeah. I end up I end up continue to keep emailing this the, the, the legal department, they never respond. So this is how the story go. It was a young man who was a kid in Dallas who worked at uh, foot, foot Action. Yeah. Right? His name is Izzy, Izzy Artiaga. So Izzy was a, coming up in the ranks. So what happened, when they shut down, Izzy, I think he went to work somewhere else. Uh, I think he might have worked retail, but he was in corporate. He was like a young buyer. I think they had set him up to be a buyer at, at Foot Action. He was coming up through the ranks, but he was hella young. So me and Izzy became friends. You know what I mean? We talked about everything, child support, 
you know what I'm saying? This, that, and the other. That's my daughter. We're to his wedding. So yeah. what happened was, I used to sell to Man Alive. And the boy Clinton Coble was the man at Man Alive. Clinton owned all the insurance. The rich, the rich light-skinned guy that y'all see on all the insurance thing for State Farm. He owns the State Farm franchise. Okay. Clinton Coble. So Clinton used to be the manager at Man Alive. So he was pushing for me. So me and the Publix, that's who owned Man Alive. We became great friends. You know what I'm saying? So what happened was they wanted to hire somebody. And they somehow had got in touch with Izzy. So they come to me to be like, if you say we hire him. So I said, of course, that's my man. And he great. He do a great job. So he ended yeah. up moving to Indiana, working for them. And then from there, they got bought out by finish line. So I was very influential in him getting this job. So right. this transition to him being the VP of champs, you know, that was in the Foot Action family. He worked at Foot Locker. He was a man. So what happened was they, they wasn't returning my call. So I got, I called Izzy like, listen, I found his number because we hadn't spoke. I went to his wedding when he got married and we hadn't spoken in a while. Cause I told him what I was going through. And, you know, I kind of disappeared was doing some stupid shit. So I kind of disappeared <laughs> from everybody. No, nobody seen me for, yeah. for So I called him. He called a gentleman and he said, man, he said, call him tomorrow. So I called him and I said, listen, man, I, you know, I'm the gentleman been leaving these voicemails. I, I, I didn't you know, mean to be bothersome, but you know, this is something that I'm interested in with. Listen, y'all with no money. Yeah. My mom was off $300. That's what we was living off of her check. Cause I didn't, I didn't have to come on taking care of her. We're living off $300. So he say, you really want it, huh? I said, yeah. I said, man, listen, I just trying to see, what you asking? So he said, you got a lawyer? I, and, I, and I did. But the guy who used to work for me, not work for me, work with me, Young Smacks, I mentioned, with Claire Pete, this man ended up becoming a prominent lawyer in Louisiana and a professor at Southern. Yeah. He's a captain I raised since he was 17. So yeah. I called Smacks. And this is my dog. We we like brothers. I'm like, we talk all the time. That's my dude. And now he, when I was fucked up, he was taking care of me. This is a guy who used to, I used to pay him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When he graduated from college, I gave him his job. You know what I mean? So he 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 gave me a lot of deference and we got a lot of love for one another. So I called Smacks. I said, Smacks, they talking about, do I got a lawyer? This nigga don't even do trademark. He do personal injury. <laughs> and you know, he teach law at Southern. Yeah. But you know, he put the thing together. So the guy say, I said, so what you want for? He said, just have your lawyer call me. Right? So Smacks called him. He said, uh, this your lucky day. I'm a, I'm a, he just let me have it. He said, it ain't worth shit to us. I said, huh? Because at first they was trying to sell it and nobody would buy it because they was trying to do this shit for years without me. I said, listen, man, y'all give me a consultant fee. I'll come in and help y'all. Let's bring this shit back. Yeah. They didn't want to pay. Foot Locker didn't want to pay. They like, nah, we're going to turn it. We're going to try to turn it into a basketball brand. I said, man, that shit ain't going to work. Izzy is, he might be listening. Because yeah, he, I told him I was doing this because he he got to do a show in Atlanta yesterday. So he called me about hiring some some uh, models and some general staff. So I told him I got to do this podcast. But this is what Izzy did. A lot of that shit that I used to write on the back of shirts, he cut the phrases down. So he had the SMU program. This is where we come from. He gave that shit to Nike. So if y'all started noticing, maybe uh, the last over the last probably ten years, really, Nike yeah. started getting real edgy. With their shit, yeah, yes, on their shirts. That's that come and it's inspiration from Kimlo, and I know what Izzy was doing. Yeah, cutting my uh, shirts down because you know I didn't wrote 
a thousand shirts. So you can just take it like my relentless pursuit of playerism. I got that on the keychains right here in the bag. So all this is one point breaking right. down. Talk back. When it comes to this game, I'm relentless. Yeah. By any means, I play the game at all costs. It's one poem. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but line by line, That's we hard. just taking one line out of your poems and putting it in there as a phrase. That's hard. I, yeah. I, That's man. hard, bro. Right now. That's yeah. hard. That's I'm, hard. I'm in, I'm in Foot Locker right now, man. This is your shit. They just take it and make it a one-liner. Yeah. But first, some of the stuff I used to write, they said it was too edgy. So they yeah. used to make me tone some of that shit down. Because, you know, depending on what, how, what mood I was in, what nigga that made me mad? You know, I yeah. spit a little venom, you know, you know, and, and talk Man, talk so mess cool, on the back, bro. you know. And uh, that's just how a lot of the game came on back. It just came from life experiences. You know what I mean? Some chick didn't play me, so I got to spit this. I got to spit this. <laughs> this. So, <laughs> so wait, wait. So, like, speaking of Nike influence and your creative influence, I thought because, you know, like a lot of our uh, basketball players that come from here, they don't tap back in with, like the soil for real, for real. Like they may go for the bigger brands. Mm. I feel we missed the opportunity when it came to Norris Cole, Daquan Cook, Chris uh, Wright, and Ob Toppin. They should have all been rocking Player University, bro. But, but let me say something in, in, in their defense. Respectfully, I wasn't popping in. I didn't have a brand when all them came about. I wasn't popping. They OGs was they they OGs no. Like, well, you know, listen, let me say this now. Kerry Ivy could have tapped Daquan on the shoulder. We, but but, but I, I didn't have a brand. I didn't have a brand. I just got the brand back two Respectfully. years ago, 18 months ago. I yeah. ain't even got a two anniversary on having this thing back. Okay. Yeah. So let me say this. My basketball teams, I could have took them cats. I took them to Atlanta, and they demolished niggas. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of which. Huh? Speaking of which, Dion Cash was on that team, which was with a animal. Yeah, animals. Go look at that squad that I had. Yeah. So, listen, then we set up a thing. We played and one. I took took them guys. The and one dudes pulled us inside and say, "Listen, man, y'all showing us up because you know." Shout out to Dion Cash. We love their shit. Let me say this: the cats who played basketball, they supported me because I had two or three AAU teams. You know what I'm saying? I had little Sam and all them cats, Ron, Ron Brooks, all of them, all them little young cats. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It, it, a couple dudes who went on the good colleges, they all came through my program. Yes. You know, only problem with me is I was taking care of a lot of grown ass men. You know, yeah. they was using me because I had money to party and bring their women, and I'm paying for everything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The tournaments they going to, and I said, man, I ain't doing that shit no more. Bro, like, they uniforms, they look like pros. And but so I, I got support. From all these cats that play ball. Let, let me bring you back to, to something that I think is, like, real important, bro. I don't think we stayed on it long enough. Bro, you found a note from your mom, bro, who she wrote you a letter from heaven, and she told you to mm. go get your clothing line back. Yeah. And they gave it to you, bro. Listen, that's what I said, man. That's hard, bro. Listen, that's I hard. Got it back that's hard. For nothing. That's hard. For nothing. That's Come hard, on, bro. Yeah, we, you didn't, we didn't love. finish the story, bro. Love. They said it's your lucky day, bro. Hold Shout on, let me put, put you on the camera by yourself, bro. Come on, bro. Walk me through the whole thing. Go get your clothing line back from your mom. You call them. You finally get them on the phone, and they say it's your lucky day. What happened? So what happened was 
He said, how your lawyer called me? Smacks called. So now we go ahead with the procedure to file the registration for the trademark. Now, this is this is how some hatred came in. So we filed. Everything was cool. Then Major League motherfucking baseball came and said, listen, he can't do this. Somebody posted a shirt where I had the thing and it had Major League player on it. So they must have went through and looked through, you know, Google and that, that shit came up. And uh, it was on my baseball jersey. And uh, Major League Baseball, they 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 put in an amendment to stop it. They uh, When somebody put out a trademark, if anybody feel like it's a violation of their trademark, they can come in and say they object. Yeah. And they put in an objection. So this is what happened. So now everything rolling, we're going to get it. But they set up a court date. COVID started. So now we got to do the Zoom meeting. Well, we thought the shit got canceled or my lawyer thought it got canceled. He don't, he, he don't, they don't, he don't follow up on the, on the information. Major League Baseball came, they kicked me back. So we had to file again. So we had to go back and file again. So yeah. we had to talk to Major League Baseball. This young, young black kid went up against Major League Baseball with them two, two or three million dollar lawyers they had and told them, listen, man, that shit y'all talking about ain't nothing. Y'all going at this man because he's small. It's like the, he uses the, the, the David and Goliath. Like uh, he's not going to. They were first saying I couldn't make baseball jerseys. I said, yeah. hold the fuck up. Everybody make baseball jerseys. Right. So I said, well, that means all these high schools. But they were saying I can't say major league player, which is cool. Or players association. Because right. I did have that on the shirts back in the day. But I made up my own fake major league baseball, major league uh, players association, woo woo woo. So now they just don't want me doing that, and I won't, because I got enough 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 uh, creativity to come up with something even better. And, and baseball jerseys ain't really ain't really ain't that hot. The V necks is cool, but they ain't popping popping. You know what I mean? That that era is coming back, but it ain't back yet. So that's cool. So they end up letting me go and get it. So now I had the serial mark. I mean, the registration mark everything for free. Now the reason why I'm using Players UNIV, this is the, the dumbest shit in the world to me, and I never understood. I went back to buy the domain name. So these people didn't let me get the mark for free. And mm-hmm. they said they want to charge me five thousand for the domain name. Yeah. I said Yeah. No, them them squatters will get a hold of it and then just be on some terrible shit. No, this is Foot Locker who's still this got is it. Foot Locker that's got it. It, yeah. it ain't expired yet. So I was like, huh? Uh, yeah, you so gonna get it. You gonna you gonna get the you man. Oh, man. Hey, and I'm gonna get players it, university yeah. back when it expires. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. You know what I mean? You know, and, and some of these things happen to us, bro, just for us to be able to value it and just know that what what we have sometimes is a treasure, man. You don't know that shit until it's gone, man. Sometimes, man. But man, bro, that is the best thing in the world, bro. Because my mom passed away when I was young. And bro, she be with me every day, bro. And my, it's you like, man, it's you want to be the strong man that you are without bro, her spirit. Yeah, guidance, man. Yeah, bro. It's just, um, and then you get that guidance, but but like, if you was to bring that up, like some people would probably just whisk that off as though it's a coincidence, mm-hmm. or this is this is just something that happened but it really don't mean what everybody is thinking and mm-hmm. knowing it really mean Fact. nah your mom was able to usher and get you and assist you to getting your thing back bro absolutely and it's because 
she cared and she could do that. Absolutely. Because, bro, I'm telling you, for me making these memorial T-shirts. Yep. Man, after so many years, I start asking people, bro, like, um, I, I would ask people, have they had any type of situation that they just knew they people were still around? And everybody and has a story like that. Everybody. Everybody got some story. So we like to hear yours. Also. Some story or some situation where it's just so obvious that they people was there looking out or letting them know that they were still around. But yours right there for you to get your company back is just amazing, bro. And I love that, bro. That's that is that's like one of the best things I done heard, King. It's yes. real time back from nothing. You gotta think. When right. I got his back, I didn't have no money. So right. now I'm nickel and dime in the shirts. They said I can go ahead and start making some shirts, but you know, I ain't got no real money. I got some relationships with some of the distributors that I used to have, but you know, uh, uh, I had a foul bankruptcy when I left all that shit in Atlanta. I wasn't yeah. paying for that house. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I've right. been in that house damn near 16 years, damn near about to pay that mark off. Here I am, got to walk away from it. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of equity loss and then a lot of just, man, just a lot of mistakes. So now what happens? I go to work. Uh, uh, I work for SES. Ted Allen gave me a job. That's one of the guys. Shout out to SES. My big brother worked for SES. I worked at SES, the Environmental Cleaning Agency. Ted gave me a job. I'm working there damn near 60 hours a week. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't have time to sell shirts. So I went to Ted, you know, because he gave me the job and he gave the opportunity. I told Ted, I said, Ted, I got to I got to give me another job so I can sell these shirts. Because, you know, I'm just hustling. Whenever we are, we really working Sunday through Sunday. Yeah. Like 12 hours a day. So it ain't no time, you know, and I'm living in this house and my mom left me and that's depressing. So I just work, 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 come in there, you know, and Ted gave me a job, you know, that was cool that I could handle, you know what I mean? And uh, he blessed me. So now I, I quit the job and I get another job working for Rush, driving a van, right? Now with yeah. Rush, I can ride around and do stuff. I can order shirts, go pick them up because I'm doing local deliveries. Yeah. Then, you know, now I'm, I got a little bit more freedom and then I don't got to work on Saturdays if I don't want to. So now I go on these corners and sell shirts. So it's still, it's still, it's, it's coming. It's still coming. It ain't, it ain't gangbusters, but it's coming. Yeah. So now I didn't got to the point where my daughters, they moved to Miami where I live now, down here in the Southern Florida area near Miami. They moved. So I said, man, I can't, I got to get out of here. So then I just engulfed myself in work. <laughs> yeah. man, I'm driving to South Dakota, uh, Chicago two times a week, Detroit, Tennessee. I'm driving wherever they send me so I can make a certain amount of money. So yeah. now I'm taking a little money I'm making. I'm buying the shirts. I do these little pop-ups and everything taken. And Tay Winston gave me the opportunity to put stuff in her store, which was great. So now I don't got to try to meet people because I was riding around now. Meeting everybody self and stuff. Yeah. I was I was I was riding around. So it started picking up and then it started catching on and then I started making limited stuff. So once I moved, I, I finally got out of there. So this is when it started taking off. But now the job I got down here is not making me enough money. And all the money from selling my mom's house, the little bit of money I made, all the money I done hustled up from selling shirts, all the money from the jobs that I done made. I uh I was running through my living. Study. Yeah, yeah, you living. You know, because the cost living, of living here bro. is ridiculous, man. It's, yeah. it's really, it's, you know, to tell you what my rent is and, and, and you look into my apartment, like my apartment could probably 
It could probably fit on the outskirts of Austin Landon, but it's probably two times the rent. Austin Landon rent probably twelve hundred. The rent around here twenty three, twenty four. You know, and I don't feel we get the amenities for me to have twenty four hundred dollar rent. So now my expenses then went from me paying my mama's mortgage, which is eight hundred dollars, to now I'm paying twenty four, and I'm barely bringing home eight hundred dollars a week driving this truck. It's like uh, slavery. You you know what, bro? One thing that I really rock with. It's just vision, act, next, you attract, right? Yep. You visualize yeah. something, okay, and then you act on that with faith, and then it attracts itself into your life. It's just like it's magnetic. You talking real, you talking real, you preach it now. And, and so, and so but, but check this, though, bro. If you can get more than one person to share this vision with you, it doubles. And then yeah. if two three four people start sharing this collective vision for something that's gonna happen i'm talking about bro we just know this shit gonna happen it's a foregone conclusion it has no choice but to manifest itself and so the reason why i'm saying that is because like i'm looking in the comments bro and i got mr reggie graham on there he said it so plainly perfectly he said the new wave is coming he said the new wave is coming. All he did was all he all he did was paraphrase what I'm thinking, what I know, what Peanut knows, and what you know in yourself. And I bet you everybody that's watching this shit, like bro, anything you sell, man, niggas is gonna buy it. They just need access to yep. that shit. Cause I'm telling, bro. I mean, like the the your 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 shit. Like it's not just player university, but it's your arrangement. It's yes. but it's just the arrangement. It's how it looks, and it what it means. I'm telling you, bro. Your shit is the heartbeat of the. Bro, street, you can bro. sell a hoodie off of you like, right now, yeah, and I will bro, buy I mean, it, bro. But you could you like for real, your hoodie. Well, if you, you know, I've been I've been around, man. So I, you know, yeah, like, man. I thank God, I, I, you know, I, I put a post up one time that, God, I got you know, I, I used to sell to y'all mamas and y'all daddies, and now I'm selling to y'all kids. Like, dealer, daddy used to take care of me. When he lived in, my granddaddy lived in Westwood. So when I went to Westwood, my daddy wouldn't let me go off the porch unless it was with Joe Ballard, which is dealer's daddy. Yeah. So that's how I was able to return the favor to look out for dealer when he started coming in the bar. You know, Michelle Barker, I knew her when she was a kid. You know, you hear what the nigga's name. I'm Kenlo, that's Linlo. I yeah. was able to bring him and T <laughs> yeah. and all them kids down there, Sam, you know, uh, 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 all of them, t- Taiwan, all of them down to the house. You know, they come down there, stay with me. I take them to 106 and Park. So I had an influence when I was doing shit to give back to the kids. You know what I'm saying? Lil Lee Body, everybody. Royce, nephew, Royce take care of me creatively. You know what I'm saying? I took Royce in the club, him, Javon, Lil Lee Body. I took these niggas into a party for Jermaine Dupree. They were 14 and 15. I then got them in. Jermaine said, man, how was them? I said, them, they old enough. They 18. I watched them. They ain't going to drink nothing. They in there grinding on girls. Royce had an airbrush shirt on. So, man, I always have given back. When guys was in prison, they come home. I send them a box. Petey Weedy come home from jail, box land. You know, people come home from jail, box land. People's mamas didn't have money to go see the hearing. Take this money, get a bus, or get a rental, or get on something to go see your son. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I've always done that type of stuff. So Taking so, care of families, you know, 
doing so, it. I, I wasn't bragging about it. That's just me. You so I mean? they need something. I got it. Sponsoring kids in the debutante, yeah. boat children, the cotillion. Absolutely. I do all that. But I tell people, if you ain't bought nothing for shit, shit for me, don't come here talking about no kids, no ass. <laughs> so, no so, ass. No so, kids. so, 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 you know what I'm saying? It do. So here, I, yeah, man, that's how I feel. I mean, it, it, it resonates with a lot of people because it's it's part of a time and a memory that people can relate to. It's a lot of brothers. I put a list up from a lot of brothers who bought stuff that's dead and gone, and those cats really was making my brand. The Ike Washingtons, you know, Fidel, Sam, like his daddy, Fidel. That was my man. Him, he ran with my cousin Derwin. Them niggas bought everything I got. My cousin Tony, dude, he's a promoter. You do all the plays and the music and stuff, promoting show. Them niggas bought everything. You know what I mean? Twins and twins. A lot of folks is just not here no more. You know, they bought any and everything. You know, Mill Ticket, Millio, you know, uh, Keith Watson, Thomas Watson. I made all special shit for them, you know. And these these cats ain't around. So now they kids and you know, buying their shit from them. This shit is crazy. So, uh, I want to share like a special moment with you, man, if you don't mind, real quick. Yeah. So, um, you know, like here, here at the Legendary People Podcast, we had a thing called a butterfly effect, where it's either something you said during the course of the interview or something during the course of my studies that I found that was truly profound, right? Yeah. Off script, bro. I remember my mom gave me $60 to go get clothes to go to school. And I went and I copped. You had some lime green player university thing that matched my pennies perfectly, right? I copped it, and my mom was so mad. You can't wear that every day. And I said, watch me. I wore the shorts with a different shirt. I wore the shirt with a different shorts. Like, yeah. it was fire, right? But in the, the day, it's like, what you don't understand, like, the butterfly effect really is, like, what you present to the world. Because, like, what we already established on this platform is something that you provide for the earth or for somebody else that you never want to receive nothing back is something you have presented to us completely. Like, Francis, we we called you the T-shirt guy today. You did not accept that. It's cool. We still call you T-shirt goat. You say that's still up for debate. I'm telling you right now, by the end of this conversation, you're going to know unequivocally that you are the goat, right? Yes, because sir. not only have you influenced what we have here today, um, you also have the fact like Ken Lowe has influenced Tay Winston. You've uh, influenced Sebastian Telfair. You uh, have um, Co Coach Chronic with the K-Red. What? Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Bro, I got you right now. You sit back there. I got put in crew control, right? I'm be quiet. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Peter. I, I thank you for this. I thank you. I'm humble. Go ahead. You got to. You got Tay Winston. You got Sebastian Telefair. You got Coach Chronic with the K Red uh imprint. You got Flambergini. You have a bunch of people, but those are people that was on this same exact platform praising you. Yeah. You understand that? The same people who we gravitate as legends. We're on here praising you, right? You also have the whole thing of, like, you have a whole thing of generational people that you've celebrated, such as the Crystal Originals and the his, other his people. Daddy, now, his daddy took care of me when I was a kid, him and Myron Graves. CG. CG. Like, it's so many other people right here, right? But nothing is bigger than what you said in this quote right here, right? Because, look, I, I cooked this baby for you. You said... Make every day a payday and live every day like a weekend. It's hustling over handouts, 
quit making temporary solutions, long-term goals. We got to be great every day, not just for a day. Give me a lifetime of it, not just a weekend, King. You are legendary in your quotes, in your message, and the way you move, bro. You are unequivocally a Dayton Hall of Famer first ballot, bro. Yeah, I believe that. They got to give me a yeah. jacket. I uh, know yeah. where I come from. You know what I mean? I, and I, I come I come from nothing. You know, like I said, the only two people at the time educated that been to my mom went to school for nursing, but my cousin JD and my cousin Roy Graham, which we call Roydale. And, and you can see it with his daughter, Shannon and Dana. You know, Dana got her thing that she be doing. And uh, Shannon's out here, big, big girl nurse. So it passed on. So, you know, you got Chris Wright. Uh, yeah, that's on the slide with the Grizzlies beside Ernest team. That's JD's sister, you know, uh, freezer bam. They've been in the league. All them kids been in the league, you know, so now we all have elevated to move up and it's based on inspiration from somebody in our family. You know what I'm saying? We the Jackson, the Sumlins, the his, the Henderson's, the Grizzlies and the Shines. That's, that's the clan. Look at that, man. That's the clan. So my thing is I don't really toot my own horn. But you know when I see the, when I see Joe and like I kick it with them young niggas, the young the next little young cat I'm looking just to meet to chop it up was the boy Chris Mack because I like what he doing. If I had Joe's advertising savvy, Chris Mack's uh, social media presence, them niggas would be in trouble. But I, I'm older, so a lot of that shit I didn't come up doing. But I realized that you know me and Joe we have player conversations every day. We just was texting. Is this new campaign, I got to bow down to the boy, the boy Raw, and he making me step my shit up. So if y'all look behind me, I'm coming at your ass, Joe. I'm coming. <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know. but I also want to go on to say furthermore, like, Francis, like today I'm wearing all Ohio made trademarks. I mean, of course, he's from New York, but he made this in Ohio. This right here, my man, old Jersey bastard, Ohio. These are all people that are your kids when it comes to Legacy wise, so yeah. bro, you are unequivocally a legend, bro. Like, uh, I mean, you know, without I don't a question, that, but I am. I mean, you know, anybody know me, know I like to get arrogant <laughs> right. from time to time. You know, yeah. Smed, no, I talk that shit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man. You know, and that's that's just, but I do it out of fun. It ain't nothing, you know. Uh, my little cousin got chicken coop, his shit raw. You know, it, yep. it's a lot of young boys that got some shit that's really, really raw out here. Kill uh, City, hey. Just for me, bro. Yep. It's only two things that you ain't seen. And what's that, bro? A UFO or bitch I need. You made me cuss over here. Bitch I need. Made me cuss over here. Made me cuss. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, viewers. I, I don't cuss <laughs> off this. Sorry, guys. Bishop Don Juan told me that. You're the first one that told me that. I heard him say that. And, uh, I said, man, can I put that on the shirt? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, bro. Right on Hey, bro, man, you know, just for me just checking in, bro, you definitely my big bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I told you, bro, like, everything all heartfelt. I just feel like, I just think, like, bro, you the greatest that have ever done it, man. Yep. And then a lot of times, bro, like, it be hard for you to accept that level of, of, of uh, just, like, feeling and knowing that you the greatest because you know that – you done had some, up, some, man. some, That's some why rough patches. I made, some, I made some bad mistakes. Like, yeah, man. But I was generating, 
I, I wasn't ever supposed to let that money go through my hands, man. Not man, that. I don't know, bro, because, man, man, players fuck up. Well, ask them, players <laughs> like, fuck up, too. Like my nigga Bede said on Boy, Friday. Boy, University fuck up, too. Players fuck up. Players fuck up, Like, too. bro, every, everybody be fucked up. That'll be a fire time, shirt, bro. Too. You know what I'm saying? Like, goddammit. I, I done heard him say Michael Jackson was fucked up from time to time. Yeah. And so, yeah. 